we're on or not on, right? We're already recording. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, listen, right. everything is started. Because his mom's going to listen to this, so we, I don't want to... Oh, no. Mom's oh, gonna man. Listen. If you have listen, concerns about mom hearing things, you're here in the wrong place. Welcome to the next episode of Pancom Podcast, brought to you by Croqueta Doorstops. Alright, so for everyone that's listening to us just talk shit, please introduce yourself as the wonderful, incredibly talented people that you are. Luchi, go first. <laughs> Ladies first. What? Oh, alright. Uh, I'm Luchi, or Luchana Jangrandi of Boyede. I know. Alex Meyer over here. This is <laughs> so <laughs> good. <laughs> You're supposed to introduce us. I'm bad at the introductions. That's why I make people introduce themselves because I'm terrible at structure and things that yeah. should be the way that yeah. they are. So my wonderful friends here from Boya Day, another restaurant here in South Florida, they have decided that they wanted to come and talk shit on air with us for the next two hours, and they do not know what they got themselves into. So I, I signed up for 12, one hour. Uh, <laughs> one, you signed I up thought it was hour? 12 hours. No, we're man. going till the sun comes up. I mean, it, sometimes, like, the we're burger, off tomorrow, so. The bur- oh, yeah? Don't. Oh, that's right. <laughs> God forbid that if actual bars were open past 12, this could be a very long night. But things here are not like that yet. Yeah, so thank God you don't own a bar, like, really close by. I do. That's oh, I do. That's right. I do <laughs> own a bar right close by. Access to alcohol here is always like very readily available. Yeah, it could be a problem for some people. It is probably ourselves included. Everyone honest. included. Thank you guys for doing this. Of course. Thanks I know for that you guys us. work a lot. So for people to be here at nighttime, even though you're off tomorrow, I very much appreciate it. Um, let's get all the like things out of the way. Congratulations, James Beard nominations. Back Congratulations. At you. Rising star chefs also. Back at you. I mean, if this corner of the Grove were to explode right now, I, people would be in trouble, I guess. Cause the Miami, the Miami the dining food. scene, yeah, for sure. Like 40% of the Miami dining scene that actually has things right now would uh, explode. So, congrats. Um, Thank you. I have to say, for me personally, I'm like a, a dreadful person to ask where to go eat, and Boy Day is one of the only three places that I recommend. So I hope they all go, and usually they do, and they have a great time. And Thank you. That's like, it's good to have places that you feel confident in recommending. So uh, that's great. I've actually, yeah. and one of the only like four places that I actually dine at when I actually go out is where then, you know, I also go to other. It's funny because, um, so we don't have our name big outside the restaurant, but we have the exclamation point, supposed to, you know, mark the spot. (laughs) And the guy that put the sign up for us in the beginning when we went to ask him to make it, he was just like, you know, I'll do it, but I don't get it. Like, who do you think you are, McDonald's? Like, people are just going to know you're here and show up. Like, you're in the middle of a strip mall. Maybe you should write your name. Like, yeah. That would be yeah. smarter. <laughs> and I was like, you know, but that's not the point. It We're- took a second. But, they, you know, they, at first they did, and then I think we put it on our Resi page. Just look for the giant neon pink exclamation point. People still have problems. They called the restaurant. I'm in this. I'm next to a laundromat. Where do I go? It's like... Just you're 10 there. feet away. You're there. You made it. You made it. You made it. And then, you know, everyone from the neighborhood, because we took over, we took over, well, we bought this, this couple out. They were selling their restaurant, and we were like, okay, here's like almost full price. And they were a what, Dominican, almost cafeteria. And so that was a very different clientele than what, oh, yeah. what we are 
what we were aiming for, all are welcome, but obviously, you know, there's a difference. But it was funny because they're a husband-wife team, and like obviously we're partners, run the restaurant yeah. together, and like yeah. the night we signed the lease, we also had dinner in the space together, and we brought the wine, and they made food for us, and like we all sat, Ooh, yeah. and it was, yeah. it was nice. Those, well, I did those parallels were funny, but the, the neighborhood guys were like, you know what you should do? And we're like, tell us, what should we do with our business? Yeah, you know, those are they do my that. favorite. You should write restaurant. Right under, I was like, okay, like that. There we go. We did it. We did it. Some people, uh, some people actually, like there was a, a place in South Miami, South Miami, that their restaurant. I don't, I still don't know the name of the restaurant. Just says pizza pasta. That's all it says. And I'm just like, I guess for some people this works. Right. I don't really know, but like, area didn't have a sign for two years. Yeah, we had this small little like hanging sign from the tree that nobody could find. <laughs> I think the first time we came was was shortly. Oh, was yeah? it in that in that time? This was at the fire before you guys left oh, the bar. Oh, but look at that! So here is our pork. It comes with clams. Impromptu dinner. I didn't even know that I did this. Oh, I, you did look do this. That. Yeah. So did I? That's what happens when he asks you for things. Oh, that's right. Instead I did of just letting me do it, you know. We told you a snack. Guys, this is a snack. Okay, here's your snack. That looks gorgeous. Oh my god. That's actually a new dish that I like. Thanks, Dave. Is this for like that Thank sound you, effect thing? What is it? No, I don't. I don't believe in that. Or whatever. Oh, okay. I you actually thought you guys already noodles ate this. And... <laughs> Relax. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I blame Emma for everything. Also, all the great things. Yeah. We have we have an Emma that we can blame for everything too. Yeah. Yeah. Emmas are great. Actually, she's she's savior. She is. She's fantastic. Thank you. Um, This is a... What is that thing called when people chew on air? It's very weird. Uh, ASMR. Oh, it's weird, right? Right, right. But people are in Not that we were, like, so excited to answer that question. (laughs) You kind of were, but... (laughs) I I have a few friends that are really into it. I haven't figured out the whole thing behind it all, but um, I do know some people that enjoy it. I'm more intrigued by, like, the 80-pound, like... Korean girls that will eat like a f- six course just like giant meal on YouTube in their apartment and people like pay to watch that That's, that is wild it's weird come on it's like there's so many things to but it's just like you know seven plates like this come out for this person that's half a luchi size who's she eats more than I do by the way she's smaller people usually eat a lot more than us bigger people and it's, it's very it's yeah. very frustrating to me <laughs> I don't understand I have I have a 96-pound cook in my kitchen, and she throws down. Like, she ate, like, a pizza and a half the other day in front of me. Like, how do you, where do you put this? I don't understand. I need to take it by this. this um, you guys can eat, and we'll, we'll edit this stuff out. This episode of Pancong Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Drew Estate and Master Blender Willie Herrera, who are proud to introduce the Herrera Esteli Miami Cigar. Crafted by Level 9 Cuban Rollers at El Titan de Bronce in Calle Ocho, the complete Herrera Esteli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Esteli Miami features a black and gold color tone and is available in the following five Vitolas. Nick. Tell everyone, what is a Vitola? A Vitola, and by the way, I would like everyone listening to this ad to know, this is the first take, and we're doing very well. 
I am shocked. I have no idea what's going on. And I have to say it's because of the ang- anxious coffee that Nick has made. Oh, man. Just wait for the poops. Uh, a Vitola, the term Vitola refers to the sizes of the cigars, right? So some of the common ones that people hear are Robusto and Corona and mm. Churchill. Uh, those are all terms for Vitolas. The five Vitolas that Just, the... I want to interrupt you because it's not always about the size of the cigar. That's true. It is the type of cigar. So tell them. That's true. So the five the five Vitolas that, uh, that Herrera Tele comes in are Herrera Tele Miami Robusto Grande. Five by fifty. Should we go with like uh, anglicized pronunciations? Is it a, for because your name is on the sandwich? Is this a robusto grande or a robusto grande? I mean, it depends. How do you feel like our listeners in Salina would feel? I want them to feel like it's robusto grande. <laughs> bueno, that's a good vitola. So robusto grande, which is a five by fifty. By the way, for the uninitiated, five by fifty means it is five inches long and fifty sixty fourths of an inch in diameter. So uh, close to 5.6. So just you have p- painting a picture here in your mind. Robusto Grande, which is a 5x50. Toro Especial, which is 6x52. Lonsdale Deluxe, a 6.5x44. Piramide Fino, 6.5x54. Short Corona Gorda, which is 5 and 3 quarters by 48. This cigar is exclusive to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, you can visit Drew Estate. Dot com that's d r e w estate.com or follow them at, at drew estate cigar on instagram facebook and twitter mike you had this cigar i know that you're a drew estate fan i am a drew estate fan i'm very glad that they've come on as a part I, as a general rule i want to make sure that to the extent that we can and we've pulled this off so far we're only partnering with people and taking money from people whose products we're actually into like santos uh, actually, absolutely like Santos Sangria. Santos Sangria. I, I, I actually have told them, like, I'll, listen, I'll give you an ad because I'm out of Santos Sangria. Right. Uh, I have to say that um, after going through this ad, one of the things that sticks out to me the most is how very much I feel like this is softcore Cinemax porn at 11 o'clock. Explain to everyone a rich Ecuadorian <laughs> Sumatran binder how that doesn't sound very sexual. Listen, I, I don't know that the people at Drew Estate would object to our <laughs> selling not. them as a sexual product. Yeah. Uh, but in case anybody's curious about what that even means, so Ecuadorian Sumatran binder. So uh, Sumatran I, is not a style of... That's the thing. Of sexual style. It's not a sexual style. Got it. I mean, although it depends, some people do sexual things with their cigars. All right. Listen, you open this door. Man, we fucked this ad up already. <laughs> Jeez. No, but uh, but Ecuadorian Sumatran. That might sound confusing to people who know their geography because Ecuador and Sumatra are both places. It is a Sumatran binder, meaning that it is a variety of tobacco uh, named for Sumatra, but it was grown in Ecuador. And you see this a lot in cigars where you have a an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Uh, which means that it's a uh, Connecticut tobacco variety, but grown in Ecuador. People who listen to this podcast are going to hear us smoke. Pretty soon, we're going to have Willy Herrera, the master blender, on as a guest on the podcast. Uh, if you're curious about cigars, that is definitely one you want to tune in for. I have to say that I, I smoke a pretty good wide range of cigars, and I, I gravitate towards Drew Estate a lot. I mm-hmm. think that the consistent how consistent and good those cigars are is like very rare. And we've talked about that a lot. Like 
you know, sometimes you'll get a cigar and then it'll be great. And then you go back to get it like six months later and it's just not as good. Right. I've never had that experience with Drew Estate stuff. And it's like, I, I don't know. I've, I've been a fan for a long time, way before they started paying me to say I was a fan. <laughs> right. Way before. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. No, we've been to cigar shops together all, it, more than once. You've pointed out Drew Estate things. But that's what I, I, I actually. I smoked that and that's awesome. The red label uh, Herrera Esteli, I smoke every week. Yeah, yeah. Every week, it'll be the first, like, you know, when I go to one of these places, I'll go, that's the first thing I grab, and then I'll go into something else second if I decide to smoke two or three that day. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want to make a distinction here. You you referenced the the one that has the the red red label label on it. Red and gold, yeah. And that's the core Herrera Teli, which is made in Esteli. Esteli is uh, the Nicaraguan sort of capital of cigar making. The Herrera Teli Miami that we'd been talking about is actually made, and this is referenced in the copy that we read, but El Titan de Bronce in, in Little Havana. Uh, so this is also a cigar that you want to go after. And I remember I, I uh, passed this along to one of our friends in the uh, social media sphere who was putting together a list of local businesses. And I said, ah. like, hey, you might want to check out El Titan de Bronce. Uh, and El Titan in Little Havana is not just in Miami, but in the country. One of a very, very small number of American cigar factories that actually distribute all over the place. So it's cool that, you know... Uh, that this is a product that people everywhere have access to, um, and and it comes from a small factory in Miami that has a, a very good reputation, not just all over the country, but all over the world. Somebody gave me one of these Miami ones for Christmas, so it was delicious. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, again, this cigar is exclusive to Drew Estate, uh, to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, DrewEstate.com, or follow them, Drew Estate Cigar on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We expect sales to go up 20% after this ad. I might cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back from our commercial break brought to you by (laughs) Drew Estate. Lucci, what was your question again? (laughs) Another one. (laughs) DJ Khaled (laughs) just made an intro here. All right, let me have to send the text. We need one panda... We call these red pandas here. I need a shot, bartender. All right. And we're three hours on this show. And and we're back. This is going to be like the Burger Beast podcast all over again. You're saying and we're back, but all that's staying in. All right, so now we have to do the thing so people learn about the thing about how you guys got here and all the things. Boydayrestaurant.com, go to the bio, there it is. Come on. No, really. Hit pause right now. Let's talk, we have to talk history. Yeah. How did we get here to where we're at, why we're at this Someone threw a brown bag over our heads and put us in a van. Did they? That's quite possibly the best story I've ever heard. Larry Carino did that. Oh, man. Larry and Larry Carino gets another shout-out on this podcast. How do you guys like Larry? I love Larry. Yeah? He's so sweet. Yeah. He's... Oh, my God. Love. We're not at, like, hugging phase yet, but... I oh, wanted to give him a good hug. We're, a, we're at a hug. Honestly, phase. I just remember talking to him after all of, like, everything got shut down and everything else that happened, and I was thinking I was going to have one of those conversations of like, so you understand, like we can't right. pay you anymore. He didn't you know? even ask. No, no, no. It wasn't about that at all. And I, since we met him and yeah. everything else, uh, he's awesome. Amazing. During the whole like pandemic thing, he was just like, so what can we do to help you? Yeah. He was like, are you guys we, okay? Are you guys we, okay? We, I mean, he had no staff either. So it's right. like right. his whole staff got laid off and the whole thing. And it's just like, I mean... 
Yeah. I, I felt for Larry, too. Yeah. It's great that he asked, though. Yeah. Everybody, everybody else had their own idea of how they can help us. People were calling, hey, we want to buy gift cards. We want to buy... I was like, I don't need cash now. I need I you to just sleep. stay, come, keep coming, buy our food now, yeah. and then continue to buy it later. Yeah, yeah. Because we're just deferring... We're just deferring that till later when you do the gift card thing. Unless they buy a gift card and never show up again. People, and you know, they disagreed with me so fucking much about the gift card thing. People were just like, oh, let me buy a bunch of gift cards. I'm like, no. No, just keep buying to, our food. Right. Yeah. Buy we're doing takeout. Show up for takeout. Keep show up for the takeout. Food. Yeah, like, buy the food and then come back and then buy more of the food. Don't The, the gift card is just like someone's going to get something for free eventually. Right. It's not like free. You know, like that whole ideology, like buy a bunch of fucking gift cards and that's going to save the day. That's not going to save the fucking yeah. day. Yeah. I mean... Just going out to dine and trying to keep the economy alive was, like, the way to do it. Right. But we did have awesome, supportive people that showed up and, like... Yeah. Even though we weren't at a to-go place, when we started doing it, came every day or every other day or whatever it is. And I don't know. It was cool to yeah. get to know people on that level in a different way as well because you're so grateful for it. And it it's like, very interesting. Happy I'm, to see them. <laughs> we had a bunch of people come and, like, buy a bunch of our wine just, like... Like clean us out. Yeah. And it was we had a few of those, not too many. Yeah, we people had... would come and be like, "I want a case." We're like, "Yes." We so... drank it all already. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, I'm all about that. Well, okay. <laughs> so, how did we start cooking? Let's talk. Let's not refer to the bio. Let's talk about how we started. Why did you guys start to cook to begin with? Professionally, yeah. or it could be anything. Why do you want to cook? Well, you, yeah, I, I mean, I started cooking pre-professionally long before that. I was in like high school I think and I just wanted to cook dinner once in a while for the family it was fun I was like Food Network's coming along I watched so much uh, Alton Brown because I, I was like a I science, really do love I was like Brown. a science dude in, in high school and he spoke that language mm. to understand what you're doing why you're doing it uh, and then his recipes worked perfectly because he was a science dude so when, whereas like a lot of those guys just like fling it together as a chef would where you don't think about teaspoons, tablespoons, you're just like pinch, but what's a pinch to you is not a pinch to somebody else. Right. His recipes worked every time. So then that was like the basis. Are you a teaspoon, tablespoon person? No. Well, I mean, starting out, you got to start somewhere. Right. You have to understand the concept. You know, so then now when we go to make a recipe, it's not even that. It's like 50 grams of that, 30 grams of that. It's like, how do you know that? It's like, I just know. Yeah. I've done this long enough. I can... I know what 50 grams of honey looks like versus 30 grams of vinegar and what that's going to taste like and what that visually will look like. So I don't even need the scale. Just do it. So when did you go from like the cooking at home to cooking professionally or wanting to? Um, let's see. I mean, we, we all graduated in a really fucked up time, right? From co- I, went, I went to college. I studied economics. I know. I went to college, too. I mean, I went. I kind of went. But I was right. there. No, I went. Like, <laughs> yeah. Leo, when you, my mom made me go, you know, like that kind of thing. And I got a lot of shit for not doing well sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. I just I took it upon myself. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, he's, it's for her and oh. then the beer. He's oh, still good geez. on his beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I made a decision. I made a call. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's for me. No position numbers in that text? I know. <laughs> I'm, te- I'm still terrible with position numbers. <laughs> I'm still terrible with the seat numbers. Not even I, I've, got, yeah. I've got the table numbers with the seat numbers crush me. That's you weird. Can tell the, the port. They said it was terrible and they're out of here. We know that better go to the box. Transition. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We need to get the podcast going, guys. I feel like this is the only way it's going to happen. Guys, I'm trying. Is it our fault? <laughs> 
Is it me? I don't know. It's always me. Always Mike. Nick, move it along. I need your cue cards up. Oh, no. We don't want Nick. We would be talking politics in five minutes. Um, <laughs> we don't want him doing this. Yeah. I put myself back here. I know, I know. Just keep drinking your whiskey. Trump You're didn't fine. lose that election, right? Oh, oh my God. Oh, man. He's, that's a, he's on the joke. That's a, I don't know if you can sense the sarcasm. If you guys. Oh, boy. I'm at Versailles every day off. Oh, I got it. Boy. Oh, man. All right, all right. Back to the question. Back to the question Thank at God hand. My dad um, the podcast. <laughs> I don't know where to go for podcasts. Okay. He, um, okay. I went to school, economics, graduated just fine. Oh, eight. Right. That was a little weird time to find a job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, did a lot of like hanging out with the guys I just went to school with. We're all like, "What the fuck are we doing?" And that whole the whole cook idea like persisted. And I knew I knew some people in the industry in LA, and they just it just one thing led to another, and I ended up working for John and Vinny at, at Animal. Oh yeah. Um, I remember so distinctly like my first day on the job. Like I went to interview on a Wednesday. John was just like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, you get it, right? You're not going to get paid much. You're going to work a lot. But you want to do this? I was like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, all right, come back on Friday. Friday was... The day of the week might be wrong, but it was Christmas Eve. He's like, oh. you want he's like, you want me to stage for the job on Christmas Eve? Didn't say that. I was, like, just super stoked. And so that was my first day ever in a commercial kitchen. It was on Christmas Eve 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom and dad were like alright that's what you want to do they were, they were just like such good people they just wanted me to do what I wanted to do they, it wasn't about oh finally this fucker got a job Where's, where was home base for you at that time I was in LA uh, yeah I was born and raised in LA that was still there mom's still there brother's still there cousins aunts uncles they're all there ah uh, got it <clears throat> um, so that was the transition moment and then I think it took like a month or maybe for them to finally, I just kept showing up, and they were like, "All right, fine, you can have a job." That's the best way. And then, and I was like, "Okay, but what about all those big checks? Yeah. What about getting?" <laughs> and John was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we'll pay you for all that shit. Don't yeah, worry, it's fine." Uh, and and it just went from there, and, and it was the most fortuitous timing because Animal was nobody at the time. They had opened July, August, maybe of two thousand eight. By December, people had kind of known them. We went from 30 covers a night to, like, 180 within, like, three, four months. Amen to that. So I was able to get my ass kicked on 30 covers a night on Garmanger Pastry. And then just slowly pile on top of that another 150 150 covers. covers, And then I was just, like, golden. So by the time I was done there on on station nine months later, they were like, we need to hire two people to replace you. And that felt good, That's a good feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I ended up being there for, like, three years. I, I think I ate there maybe 2012. Yeah. 2011, 12, something like They're that. still there, man. They had the, I know. They yeah. had a 10-year anniversary, okay, obviously in 2018, because yeah. I was just talking about that. But I they mean, had a wild lineup, just like Chris Costow, Thomas Keller, <laughs> guest chefs, you know, uh, Luda Lefebvre. Michelle Bernstein, who they worked for Bernstein down right. here in Miami. Yeah, Florida boys. You know, yeah. yeah, Florida, yeah. Um, I think Sad John, that they had to go over there to get the credit that they... They earned it, though, man. They, they, worked, they worked their way over. They weren't just straight from here to there. They were in, they were in Colorado. They were in 
and they, even in LA, they, their first their first kind of opportunity was painting Ben Ford's house. Ah, Ben Ford. Yeah, they were painting his house, and he said, "I need do you guys want to do a barbecue here?" <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, I'd love to." And then they ended up working for him, and then they just they they took every opportunity possible, and they just killed it every all every step of the way. Ben Ford is Harrison Ford's son. Yeah, that is also a chef. Yeah. yeah, Ford's people, filling station. People don't know that. Well, you know that. Well, because I did a dinner with Ben Ford, like, I don't know, a long time ago. long, long time ago. Yeah, uh, their, their stories. So then, just kept moving on, and next step, next step. Then I was in the career. It wasn't like a wild story anymore. <laughs> Move to New York. Do that thing. Move. Stop. Dude, give me context of doing that thing. <laughs> so you moved to New York. You did things in New York, too. Yeah, and I did you, some line up because you're about to do this whole. This I'm gonna grill you with the same questions too. So yeah, and I mean, it's funny in hindsight. Like, I don't have that much experience as far as number of places. I went to New York and like staged at six different places. It was like maybe two weeks at two weeks at WD fifty forty. Ah, oh, fuck! I always fucked that one up. <laughs> WD-50. Just so people know context, it's Wiley Dufresne's restaurant that has lots and lots of accolades and credentials of being great. I always fuck that one up. Uh, So WD-50. 50, yeah, because it was 50 Delancey. The address was 50 Delancey Street. And and so WD-40 is the... the We're only three shots in. This is going to get real messy real fast. Oh, fuck. Um, That was such a good trip, man. I was in New York for like... A month and a half there, Blue Hill, 11 Madison for one day. That, that came back eventually. Uh, Blue Hill was the most amazing experience working with that team because it was just so wholesome and just like positive attitudes and just really high level execution. It was incredible. And there, though, that team that st- that I stodged with for like a week, five days. There's like still homies. Um, and they have really successful restaurants in LA. New York, they're all over, man. Yeah, I mean, good people, they go on to do good things. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis, that was with Michael Galina, who's at uh, Vichia in, in St. Louis. It's just like garnering every accolade possible. That guy was legit. He was a really legit team. And then there was not so, some not-so-whatever, but it was all good. It was a good experience. Um, eventually, bad, eventually, like, moved there permanently. Even bad experiences are, like, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. they teach you what not to do. Right. Right. And some of them have redeeming qualities of just like, we're doing 400 covers with three cooks, and you're like, this is not a good situation, but I learned how to like just do it. Yeah. Man, 400 covers with three cooks. Yeah, it was. Uh, sounds painful. I'll, I'm going to skip that name there. Um, but, <laughs> we'll just move on. Yeah. We'll move on. But I went from there to the 11 Madison job, the full time job. And they were like, I don't blame you, but we're going to miss you. I was like, okay. I, thank you for that, I guess. Yeah. Um,. From there, I was there, uh, it felt like a week, but I'm pretty sure I was there for like three months. <laughs> just It was just such a whirlwind. I had no idea what I was doing in that environment. Where, at EMP? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was cracking jokes to the guy next to me, and they were like, just looked at me and didn't say a word. And they were yeah. like, you're supposed to shut the fuck up Which, and do your job. When we met at the Nomad, he says he spoke to me once, and I don't remember ever at that point having met him, and he said he talked to me, and I just looked at him and just turned back and kept working. So I think that's very much exactly what you... That's yeah. the instinct in that culture is like... Yeah. <laughs> just Funny <laughs> joke, but I can't laugh. So I'm yeah. going to just keep... I don't want to get yelled at. I don't want to get yelled at. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I just I brought a levity to the job, I guess. For personally, I, otherwise I wouldn't survive that. It's just too serious, too stuffy. That's why I loved Animal, and John and Vinny, and like these guys getting fucking stoned all day long and just having fun. But they were having fun so long as you know I saw them get tremendously mad if we fucked anything up. So it's it, that's where I got the attitude of so long as we're all doing our job, we can have fun, make jokes, but you know stay focused. On, on the task at hand, the physical task at hand. Right. <clears throat> EMP was like three months of just that. And just having having fun while not having fun? I don't know. But it was so worthwhile. It was so worthwhile. These are the most talented people in the world in this kitchen. I think it's like more gratifying than it is just having fun, right? Like, yeah. The, the work is At gratifying. the end of the day, you go home and you're like, yeah. where do you, you ever talk to somebody and they're like, where do you work? And I was like, EMP. And they're like, no fucking way. Yeah. Can you have me a reservation? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't there yet, I don't think. Um, and anyway, at that point, that's when Nomad was opening. And Nomad, she'll tell you that part of it, but, like, they were just firing people left and right. Daniel Hume would come to, like, do the pre-meal at EMP, which he did every day, and he would just, like, be exhausted and just be like, guys, you have no idea what the fuck we're dealing with over there. And, and just like eventually they just fired too many people so they brought a few of us over to like try to fill those gaps and I still hadn't felt like I'd proved myself enough but they were like you're gonna go from Garmage at EMP to the the PM fish roast oh that's at a Nomad and I was like okay <laughs> this is a jump but I'm about it yeah I was I'm like about I was, it. no I was not about it I was so close <laughs> to quitting I was so fucking close to quitting I was I was I called my mom and she was like you're stupid. Don't quit. Like, you can't quit. Just give it a shot. Moms, they're the best. <sighs> they're the best. Love my mom. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, just, I, I, I found redeeming qualities to the whole thing. It was like, I moved to New York to work at the best restaurant in the world, 11 Madison Park. And now they're shipping me out to their little, their little sister restaurant, the Nomad. Still got it. I mean, Nomad got a lot of. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. They, eventually, yeah, eventually, yeah, eventually. Right. But you know, when you when you like get the thing you want, and then yeah. they take it away from you, you're like you're it's crushing. And I looked at like looked at what I was doing. I was going to work and cooking and breaking down thirty lobsters every day. I was like, well, if nothing else, I'm gonna be really good at breaking down lobsters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was and and that's where I started. And that's where I started. And then I got really good at that. And I started to see all the other shit I was doing every day that I could get really good at more quickly than if I was still working garbage at EMP. Right. Because EMP is a tasting menu where you eat like 25 courses. So my job was to do one dish every day. You know? And that's all I was responsible for. I wasn't learning that that much. I was learning it somewhat. But moving on to, moving on to uh, Nomad was the best decision ever. And that's where I met Lucci. Now, okay. enter. <laughs> enter Lucci. Now we have to go back to the very beginning. We can't Damn. just talk about Nomad. Carrollton. So, we got to talk about Carrollton. We have to talk about Miami. Carrollton. There's so many things now. I feel like. We got to talk about Madonna's on the beach. We got to talk about. You worked at Madonna's on the beach? No. 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 <laughs> I was gonna be she like, was a, she what, was a VIP guest there. What the happened? Place. Madonna's on the beach. This is crazy. Lucci. Madonna's on the Beach was the first strip club I've ever been to. Though. Really? I will the say The first that. strip club I ever went to was called <laughs> El Centro Español. Where it was this? I don't remember. I was so young. Should I use I didn't quotes? drive. Yeah. This sounds yeah. like a, you went to Cuba and you were turning no, insane. No, I didn't. I know. I, I know. It was kind here. Of story. It was in Hialeah somewhere. Yeah. 
But Next I, to La Covacha. <laughs> la Covacha with, uh, what was it? Uh, Do you know what's so Calle 13 live at La Covacha? La Covacha used to... That was great. That was great. That was a great reaction over I, here. I wasn't even living in Miami at the time. I was living in New York, and I was like, Calle 13 at La Covacha? I'm flying home. La Covacha at that time, that was... Man. Yeah. And you and Nick were partying together? This is crazy. Carrollton and Belen in the same room? Who can afford that whole thing? That's crazy. Do you That's- remember, do, so I was with some Carrollton girls recently. And we talked about the fact that in our day they did an exchange. Were you aware of this or did no. you know about this? I have no idea. What does that mean? Where? Oh, maybe we did it with. Oh, no, sorry. I'm going to take that. I'm going to walk that back. You're going to walk it back? I'm going to walk it back. I think we did it with Columbus. I'm sorry. I'm oh, going to walk it back. I don't know. I have no idea. I went to Columbus. Oh, you I, went to Columbus, not Belen. Well, then, yeah, I would I never. We, come on. Well, we you would think it, me to be a Belen guy? I, come on. Oh. Let's be real here. Come on, people. You are wearing khakis. <laughs> <laughs> Columbus, we wore khakis. I'm confused. There, anyway. there is a known Belen uniform. <laughs> is there a known Belen uniform? You guys have a known uniform? Uh, Men for others. You, right now, you're in our dress uniform. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> it was every, every day was blue pants. Right now, you're in our mass day pants. We we had mass day knee highs. Yeah, mass day you had to wear white white shirt and knee highs. I will Columbus say though, was a shit show as a private school. That's why I love it. The uh, the ascot though was not standard issue. That's, oh, I'm uh, sorry. The ascot is all 2020 approved. That's the the ascot mask is has been 2020 approved. <laughs> Lucci, let's start at the beginning. How did this happen? Don't don't try to. How did a Carrollton girl from Miami Lakes become a? <laughs> uh, all right. Um, accidentally it happened i guess i've always really liked eating and food and in sense of cooking i always helped out in the kitchen in my house and my dad used to be a very big man and my mom took a lot of cooking classes my mom was cuban my dad's from chile but he's italian by like parents and although she was cuban he did not like cuban food so my mom had to learn to cook italian food and took all these kinds of classes. But, like, I even went to a Jacques Pepin cooking class with my mom back in the day. Like, my Amazing. mom used to go to so many classes. Wait, did he actually teach this? No, but did he teach a class? I have a signed book. Oh, my God. Jacques Pepin taught, taught the class? Yeah. I don't know how that's this happened. This is one back, of my favorite back, back in the books day. ever. The Apprentice is, like, one of my favorite. And I don't know. I was time. a little girl at the time. I don't know why I was with this involved in this. But, um, yeah. So, <laughs> there was food yeah. was always a thing in our house. Also, because we're... Latin and eat a lot and get together in big groups and that's really the only thing anyone can agree on is feasting, you know? <laughs> so That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very food, good food very is solid the point. The common ground, you know, regardless. So that was kind of interest in food and all of that. I mean, my parents were separated for a long time, later divorced, and my dad used to work a lot in Italy. So I would spend summers there and like he still remembers the first time he got prosciutto. And I was carrying it home on the way, and, like, I ate the whole pack before we got back to the place we were staying at. And I was, like, eight or nine. And he was just like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. yeah. But we were always allowed to, like, I remember being younger, and, like, we were we allowed to. We have good to, taste. We were all, allowed, all people who cook for a living yeah. have very good taste. We were allowed to make stuff at our house. Like, it wasn't, like, a big deal to use the stove and whatever. Mm. So it was pretty 
free in that sense. Like the first thing I really, I don't do any pastries, but was making flan, which is now I think about it quite a dangerous dessert for like a little kid to make. Cause you Amazing. make caramel and baño maria and like all of these like pretty like precarious situations where like my grandma food? taught me. I don't like it, but I make a really good one. That's you like, like it? <laughs> I love, I love Lucci's flan. That's a safe answer. I love Lucci's flan. <laughs> it's a very safe answer. But you don't like, do you like flan? I've never, I, no, no. Okay. I mean, right. it's, no, it's, I don't, it's right, not fair. a must. Look, if, if, fair. You, if you give me a couple of different options on a menu, flan's one of them, normally it's not number one. I wouldn't order it either. But, but Lucci does make a good one. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But it's a very straightforward, simple one. Yeah. You know, eggs, condensed milk, cream, caramel, cook it right. That's the, that's the hardest part. Well, my issue, it's with, simple, my it's issue a, with flan is always that kind of oh, the same, right? Texture? No, just like the flavor profiles and all the things. It's always like essentially the same thing. Right. And I, you can... So then you differentiate by texture, you know? Like yeah. If it's perfectly cooked, that's that's something. It's a good flan is like a good pomodoro. It's True. straightforward. It's always going to be the same ingredients, but you're going to differentiate by doing it perfectly right. I don't know, but a pomodoro, though, is like the whole sourcing of the things and the, you know, I feel like... But it's also the technique. Yeah, true. Yeah, so which condensed milk do you use, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sourcing the right condensed milk. I don't know, milk. like, since I'm, like, I grew up in Miami and I like, like, all the ratchet simple things, like, I like all of that, so... Okay. What someone finds like highbrow, nice flan, I'd be like, nah, I probably don't like that. I right. like the simple, delicious shit. But anyways, go on. All Pursuto, right, I don't know. Fine. Nine years old. Whatever. I always like to eat all the things. <laughs> Lucci is very I, ambitious. She starts at nine years old. I started in like end of high school. <laughs> no, I was, I was just eating. No, I wanted at that time at nine, I wanted to be a professional ice cream taster and I would go eat <laughs> ice cream after dinner at all the gelaterias. Is that a real job? I, I hope so for somebody. It wasn't for me. I'm a cook now, yeah. but I no, wanted I mean, it to be. Okay. Um all of that said, nothing. I gave up on all these hopes and dreams and grew up. You know, Carrollton does that to you. <laughs> what it, when you were at Carrollton, <laughs> I still have a hard time. Are you having a hard? Do you know? I have you, a hard time envisioning you, know, you at Carrollton. I, so I have a hard time envisioning me at Carrollton as well. But do you know that in the success of the restaurant that I was invited to come speak uh, at the alumni like talk, which I in my time there would have never thought me neither would be something that would happen to me. Yeah, in um, my in my time at Columbus, the fact that they have like invited me back to be like a mentor, I'm like, no. <laughs> so <do laughs> first two years, I had more detentions than anybody yeah. else. Let's be real. So my oldest sister went to Carrollton as well, and when I started, the dean of discipline told me, "I hope you're not like your sister." <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. And that was like my introduction to the school. Oh, my and sister, I was like, oh, my sister, this is going to go swimmingly. <laughs> actually, class of '96 as well. Graduated from Lourdes, and she was possibly worse than I was. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we all set the tone for each other. Yeah. I believe. It's just interesting now, like looking. Yeah, back. many years back. Now we've made them proud. So I think, in that sense, uh, we can. I yeah. I, you know? I feel like it's. When I, when I still I don't make at, enough money to <laughs> donate, though. That's all I have to say. Well, every, time they, every time they ask me for a donation, I'm just like, listen, COVID, it's been a tough time. I, I can't donate to anything right now. It's like, but, you know, we've been asking you to donate since 2017. I'm like, yeah, nothing's changed. It doesn't matter. I'm not donating anyways. It's not a, a thing right now. You donate to Blend? 
I, I have. I haven't. <laughs> have? I, I have. I haven't. I haven't lately. <laughs> it's a big deal. But, if you ever want to have kids, like it's a big. I got a, one of my friends from like elementary school. His parents donated to that elementary. It was kindergarten through six. Well, what does and that mean? You're hedging your bets? Exactly. Yeah. So once he has kids, he's like, they're donating into his name. And he's like, but what fucking 21-year-old is donating to, you know, thousands of dollars to their an elementary school? We so are- it's like, yeah. So once his, he has kids, probably another 10 years, they'll get into that elementary school, right? Yeah. We, we also went to single-sex education high school. So yeah. you're hedging your bets that if you don't have kids now, you're donating to a school that you have a That's child true. of that Actually, sex in the sorry. future. That's an accurate, <laughs> that is an accurate. That's I never really thought about it that you way. You are super rolling the dice so on if that you're just, If you're just pumping out chicks, we're fucked. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we could alternate. So you've been I doing know, yours, like me to mine. You have right. the man, you know. We right. could just, uh, the, what these schools have in common is that they're producing terrible gamblers. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good Why would I donate if I don't have a dog? All right, so far we're at Lucci at eight. Come on, Lucci, where are we at? I'll skip, I'll skip super fast. All no, right. don't, you don't have to skip. Elaborate. Talk about all the That's things. That's why he's here. He edits it down. You know? there's, there's not Let me know when we're ready for another shot. It's about to get real. Some, some of these are like three hours long. If we're going for another shot, then I'll just need another beer with that one. Yeah, it's fine. I'm that's, just saying. That's, that, yeah, that's, okay. I, I, I'm putting in the order now. All right. Come on, we're All right, going fine. to the age We're, we're going to jump. One, Listen, two, no, we're jumping, <laughs> we're jumping from that. We're jumping. <laughs> yeah, don't confuse her. Every C has the same order. I got it. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not a luge here. What's going on? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. I just knew I wanted to get out of Miami. I'd had a rough last few years, and oh, yeah? I moved to Italy because I wanted to learn Italian. It's a far move. Well, I, I went to I, I went to school, away. like college. I signed up for a college yeah. in Italy. But did you actually go? Yes, oh, I went. that's good. And interestingly enough, I have two older sisters, and the one in the middle decided to come with me. So I moved to Italy. My sister joined. Uh, another girl we knew from Miami from back in the day also moved with us, and we all moved into a little apartment. Oh, this sounds in like, like a, such a shit show. It was a shit show. Yeah. Yeah, there's only two like, rooms. <laughs> I, saw, I can hear, like, freestyle playing in, in like, a middle of an, an yeah. Italian whatever they're called. But fine. Just, she took me all around Rome. This is where we would go in, like, in college. It's the best pizza. Best pizza. And I, we'd have it, and she's like, I promise it was better when I was back in school. <laughs> <laughs> There's also definitely a nostalgia when you go to a spot every day and you know the people's names and they know yours and you know it's Gnocchi Thursday and you're going to like... Gnocchi Thursday? Oh, yeah. Oh, Sounds this like pizzeria was... No, no, no. It was amazing. No. Oof. It was it's like nothing in Italy. They're just Whatever. like... That's true. They Whatever. wake up like, making gnocchi. Just like, yeah. yeah. I left Italy. I still wasn't cooking on time, so I still need to speed through. I moved to New York, so I transferred schools, and when I graduated New York was also around the same time as Alex, 08, um, and I had studied liberal arts, creative writing, um, been interning all over the place, and really, there was not a job for me (laughs) when I got out. So I started interning during the day, and I worked as a hostess at Budokan, which is an 800-seat restaurant in the meatpacking district in New York City. As my first, like, real restaurant job. Um, How old were you? That would be, like, 21. Yeah, I must have been, like, 2021. I got the job. I had, like, literally no experience. I have, like, a, like, call-in off the street 
kind of thing from Craigslist in an interview. And then I speak languages because I speak Spanish and I speak English. And then I learned Italian at the time. Um, and yeah, I was like, why do you guys hire me? They're like, you speak different languages and you smile. <laughs> All right. That's, man, that's a hell that was literally what got me the job. Nice. And that's how I started working in restaurants. Um, then at one point, my dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're wasting your time. You are making no money at this internship. You're hostlessing, doing why? I don't know what. You want to write about... I want to write about food and travel. It was like what always did interest me. That's why right. all the backstory for Italy and eating and all that. But um, I couldn't figure out what my thing was in it. My dad just said, why don't you take some cooking classes? And I signed up at the Institute of Culinary Education in New York, which does like a six-month program. And I started doing that program in the mornings. I was interning at Eater in the afternoons. Oh, when Eater. Eater was only literally in New York City at the time and was one person and interns. It was like a very different situation than it is now. Yeah. Um, and it's that so was like now. what my life was. It's not an extension of PR companies. No, no, it was a what? very... No, no, this, <laughs> Ever. It was a very different Top 10 stop thing. signs in Miami. It was an interesting experience for sure. Learned a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started doing that and and then to finish my cooking six month program, I had an intern, and I thought, damn. Yeah. I'm from. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's had enough of this podcast. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck themselves. I thought we were just getting going. Yeah. Um, I thought I would never work in a kitchen again, so that maybe it would be an interesting thing to do, would be to intern in a kitchen so that I could write about it later, because mm. when else would I do that? That's not what I was trying to do. And Look I said, how that I'm, ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Terribly. Um, yeah, I tried to get a job in a kitchen or an internship in a kitchen to work free. Nobody answered me because all of my experience was like publishing companies, magazines, etc. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go like walk to restaurants I know and like, and I've eaten at. I walked to Babel in the West Village or no, I guess that was just the village. It's not West. I was living West. Um, the chef wasn't there. And then I walked to Scarpetta on 14th street. I remember cause it was raining at that time. And I was like, I think this is going to be the only other place I go to cause it's pouring and I don't have an umbrella and whatever. And I went there. The guy told me to come in for a stage. Uh, he was like totally open about it. And yeah, I ended up going and staging there. The entire kitchen was like basically Mexican dudes, but I speak Spanish and that Perfect. obviously helped me a lot. Yeah. And he offered me a thing and he said, yeah, you're not scared of everyone, so you can have an internship. <laughs> but yeah. I was working for free, so also it was free labor. Yeah, love um, that. And that's how I started cooking. Okay. So <laughs> then af after that, what was next? Oh, my God. Come on. Oh, my God. I was really challenged by the kitchen. It was really hard there for me. Um, and... I don't know. I really threw myself into it. And as I moved up, I was also like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And my family was really confused. How so old I, are you at this point? Probably 22 at then. Oh, I man, don't know. 22. I applied God. for grad school. And then at the same time, I got... I just remember like at 22, I was an absolute fucking train wreck. So it's just like, you know, 22 oh, yeah. is like a very tumultuous time. <sighs> You're telling me. <laughs> Oh, my God. I, I mean, love most, those, like, most of the 20s, right? I like, thought I was I mean, I don't really remember most of my 20s. Listen, so, like, I thought I was going to do a two-month internship, finish this program, and go have a job in a magazine writing about food somewhere. Instead, I was offered a position. I took it because I needed a job to pay my rent. And also, I was having a ton of fun. 
and like was so kitchens surprised. Kitchens are fun. Kitchens are so much fun. So much fun. I think so. I play When you're in your 20s and there's no consequences. Kitchens are like team sports. Like, what are consequences yeah. when you're 26 and oh everything God. is fun? Yeah. God, it's Can so Can you make fun. rent? Done. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, had, you had a meal every day. You had a meal every you day. You had something to do for 14 hours. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, but it's also fun. The whole after and before and the thing and the camaraderie. And, I remember because yeah. Noche Buena is such a big deal in Latin culture. And the first, like, Christmas Eve I had to work, my sister, one of them, flew to New York oh, and spent nice. it with me. And I worked Christmas Eve. It was a blizzard. And then, like, brought takeout from the restaurant and ate it with her at one in the morning. And That's I was like, wow, nice. there's, so ch- yeah. there's no lechon. There's, no, no, there's nothing that we usually <laughs> yeah. do. But it was, it was good. That's the only day in the whole year that we actually close. So we... I guess I know. He- yeah, I see how ridiculous my first day on the job was. <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. Note, yeah. I just called it Christmas Eve back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, Noche Buena is like the only day that we close. So we took votes the first year of the restaurant uh, with the staff to see, like, do you guys want to be open Christmas Day or on Christmas Eve? Like, what do you guys want to do? And I was like, no, we'd rather work Christmas Day than Noche Buena. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So now, yeah, now we get to do that brunch with El Bagel every year, which is fun. We, I mean, I've tried, I tried opening on Christmas Eve, and it's just not. No, we just, we, yeah, we just close. Fuck it. Fin- financially, it just didn't make any sense. Tried brunch, tried dinner. Yeah. Just, well, Christmas Day, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. So that's just been how it was. Oh, here comes the angel herself. Yes. I don't know. I'm going to call you an angel tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're off, but you're off <laughs> tomorrow. Only calls me an angel that's our only day off yeah. all week. Perfect. All right. Fine. I got into grad school and I got promoted to move on to the fish line. Ooh. Um, and or station, whatever. Is I that just, where we met? No, no. This is Scarpetta. This oh, is Scarpetta. Not you're right. Sorry. I stayed. So the same way he stayed with John and Vinny for around three years. I was Scarpetta for like three and a half, almost four years. Um, Thanks, Emma. You're an hey, angel. Emma. Angel. Relax, relax, relax. I don't know. It was just, it taken me so long to achieve that goal. And also I'd had the fear after 08 of like going to more school and having yeah. to get out of it and not have money to pay for any of it or make money afterwards that I didn't even know if it was a smart decision <laughs> right. for, for me. Um, so I decided to keep cooking. <laughs> That's kind of how it went. And eventually when I'd worked all the things there and like made my time, I decided to leave for a little bit. My dad has stuff in Chile. We make olive oil down there. Oh, nice. Um, I have family down there and I took a break. And when I came back to New York and was looking for a job, my old general manager from Scarpetta was basically becoming the general manager for the Nomad in New York. And so before they opened, he told me if I was looking to come and have an interview. And I literally had an interview in like a half built kitchen, like full of plastic tarp and everything else saying like comparatively, especially this brand new gorgeous kitchen after I'd come from like a delicious, amazing spot. But that was very like also turn and burn and limited resources and space and heat. You know, it was it was. I was, I didn't, it was completely different. Right. Um, so, yeah, I took the job. It was exciting. And what happened next? It's part of that team from, like, cleaning to getting going. Um, 
like once we started, I got moved really fast first to the morning and I don't know. I I was I was fucked every day. Like, <laughs> I, I was totally out of my element. I'd come recommended, but I was not performing the way they expected me to perform most likely and I know because I had not worked in a kitchen that had the same standards in terms of certain things of cleanliness and organization and you know it was just different it went from si jefe to we chef and I didn't really understand what that meant if your socks weren't black you had to leave the line and go buy a pair of black socks to change into you know like that's wild really it, it was very brigade style and I genuinely just wasn't prepared for that i mean coming from a guy that wears bob ross socks like twice a week it's that's intense i once thought a sous chef was pointing out my socks because of how hilarious they were and i pulled them out of my clog to show them to him the whole way yeah and then nice. he, i realized he was actually telling me because they were not uniform appropriate and oh, i man, needed that's crazy <laughs> Socks or what am I wearing? Everything. You have to be clean shaven. You have to shave every day. Even oh, a stage. Yeah. She likes the cat socks on. Today. Even a stage. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was a it was a huge adjustment and it was uh, an ex- amazing learning experience for me for sure. And yeah, like Alex said, I was there before he started, but a lot of people got fired for the first few weeks. How so many? I, like fifty percent of the kitchen? No, I wouldn't say necessarily that, but I think. If I can't, I don't remember the numbers, but I think I counted at one point there was like 13 people that stopped being there after like stop being there. That's a nice. You way wouldn't know. You'd go into the locker room to change to get ready for work, and obviously you're a girl, so there's not as yeah. many girls. So, so like then 30%. at one point there's like two girls, yeah. right. <laughs> and you realize that you know you're not all there. Right. Um, so it was that kind of thing. Which is and probably then, why when Alex talked to me, I was like, "Don't talk to me. I'm trying to keep this job." And then enter <laughs> Alex. Oh, yeah. I I did have a career after him, though. Enter me, I guess. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, that's where you guys met, right? (laughs) Yeah, we met there. Um, We we, we worked there together for a long (laughs) time. Lucci, we can have the shot. Lucci is requesting that we take the shot already. This is my life. Yeah, just so you guys know. I mean, let me tell you, this is tough to keep. Once you get one shot, I'm with it. But it's once you get one shot, you you have another like. Cheers. Way too many. Congrats again. We're just going to keep Congrats. congratulating it. I don't know what the... To I, the we've already rising done. star. Yeah. Talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. This is actually the first time that we've that taken good. shots on the podcast. No way. Since when yeah. is this podcast right? going? I think so. It's episode like 80-something. Lucci was like, what are you going to order? What are you going to order? I was like, well, there's this, there's this... I was like, but I kind of just want a shot in a beer. Yeah, I mean, and that's now totally I guess fun. it's three shots and two beers so far. That's to- this is totally the place to first just time? be on the podcast. Not my first time. This is your first <laughs> shot. <laughs> Let's be realistic here, okay? Uh, this is the first time on the podcast that we take shots. But this is great. I love that. We should make this a thing. Keep it loose. Keep it alive. No, but you know the drinks get <laughs> the drinks get people loose. It's uh, the shots. Loose and alive is actually written on the wall. Uh, loose what? Kitchen. Oh man, there's a whole fucking. There's a list of there's a list of words. Adjectives. 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 That describe the style and the big joke 
from alumni is loose and alive. Loose and alive. Yeah. <laughs> loose and alive and clean shaven and black socks. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. However you balance that out. <laughs> so the the nomad experience, how long were you there? I was there a while. I was there uh, early 2012, and then I left for a second. I had to go back to L.A. for some family stuff. Uh, but then I was there until 2015. I was there for three years, basically. Mm-hmm. Lucci was there for two years or no, so. No, I was there for a year. One year or so. I did one year. I opened up the Nomad, did one year, and then I left the Nomad with... You yeah. people and one of the sous chefs there to go open Carbone, and that's where I went after Carbone. I have feelings about Carbone. Yeah. Now good. you do or before? Now, now, no, now. Okay, there we go. Now what I are, do. What are the feelings? Do you, well, we don't about the current about Carbone. Yeah, just like you know, not the New York Carbone. I don't really care about the New York Carbone. Just the, the uh, right now. It's a lot carbone. of the people same though here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny now coming in Miami or everyone being in Miami because. Yeah. Well, let's well let's just un, let's unpack my feelings now, and we can unpack all of everyone's feelings, whatever. <laughs> okay. It's just I have a certain feeling about people coming into our city and then doing a certain thing, and then my issue with our city in general is Miami always gets in Miami's way. That's the way I feel about it. So, even though there are people that have been doing great things and doing things very similar for a very long time. It's almost like this is all brand new. This is not brand new. It's cool. They have a lot of glitz and glamour. They have a lot of money. And now they have a lot of money funding them. Because real estate, um, landlords, and so on and so forth will throw money up against a wall if they feel like they're going to make your property value go up. It has nothing to do with the restaurant. But they're going to build the restaurant for you, the one that you want. So this is what I mean by Miami getting in Miami's way. So Miami is going to do, and as for how many good things that it does, these things are the ones that bother me. It's like yeah. that article coming out that there's a wait list of 2,000 people. Oh, like, we're, we're, we're that is true, though. Yeah. Oh, yours? We, I mean, Nave was one of them, too. It's like one it's of like, the... Where well, do you eat well, when you can't get into Carbone? I was like... Nave, Boide, Machiolino, you know, and it's just like Sola, It's like really just like a list of the top restaurants, and you're like, why do you have to put it that way? Right. I mean, I, I, get, I get that. I also get his sarcasm in doing so yeah Ryan's no Ryan's, yeah Ryan I like the way he writes I like the I like, way I like Ryan yeah, and I yeah. understand the sarcasm <laughs> behind it Ryan is a former guest of Panko Podcast please see our episode list to refer to what I'm talking about but you know like I understand the idea behind it but at the same time it's like I don't I don't totally yeah. get it like I mean nothing, unfortunately there's truth behind it too though no here's, yeah. the, here's the thing in Miami though here's the challenge that has always been um, and that is, I think, what motivated me very specifically to come open a restaurant here. Okay. But is that Miami has always had people coming from outside and Transient. opening their large-scale, successful business restaurant plans in this city. Um, I love Major Food Group and have a wonderful relationship with them and like they sent me to Italy to cook and all of these things that I am forever grateful and appreciate and like opening that restaurant was a kick in my ass as well <laughs> and I grew and appreciate that for everything that it was. One million percent. Um, but at the end of the day like what you're doing, what we're doing is about building a Miami restaurant culture sure. that is a Miami restaurant culture 
and of all these other places bring competition and bring quality and bring whatever else it is of anything the thing i resent the most is that we can't compete to hire line cooks <laughs> yeah no i mean <laughs> with the benefits and price points and pay of everything and, that and, and, brings and, that backing eventually i think we will be able to compete in that arena but i think like overall when simon kim was on this podcast i asked him very like that was one of the first questions i asked are you here to be a part of the community are you are you here to pillage the community that we are creating and he had a very good answer and that's why i like simon it was one of the first questions that i asked him because coat to me is another one of those like uh, new york brands that could seem like in that realm of major food group right are they i don't know i think time will tell you know i think i like simon i ate a coat i had a great experience you know even though I told you I'm not like a red meat guy, I still enjoyed everything I had and so on and so forth. Is Major Food Group going to do the same thing? Are they going to play ball in the same arena? I don't know. But like you said, competition breeds... Excellence. That's what they say. And that's true. I think like we are our best competition. Like I think that you yourself are... You compete against yourself, right? Like I'm not trying to be like Boy Day. I'm trying to be like us. You know, so like however you can push yourself every day, that is the competition that I'm breeding yeah. within my company every day. And the same thing goes for you guys. Like in the competition sector, like when people, again, and I'm not, not for nothing, but when people ask me where to go eat, I will never say Carbone. I will say Oyade. And I will say other people that I think represent what this community means. Do I think that they're going to represent what this community means? No. Like, I have a bar a block away from theirs, from that restaurant, Carbone. I have a, a block away. So I go there once a week, and I go, and I spend a couple hours, and, I, you know, the whole operations thing. And then, then I walk down the street, and I look at the fucking mayhem that happens there. Right? The, and it just, to me, it's like, I don't understand. Why is this a transient Miami culture that's coming here that's not really from here? Or is this Miami just getting in Miami's way? I don't fucking know. I have no idea. I'd much more... I would... And I'm not a, like a waitlist guy. But I'd much rather be like... I'll be on a 2,000 person waitlist to go eat at Boya Day than I would at Carbone. That's just me. Like the way that I think. Mm. Because I want my dollars to go into your pocket. Not theirs. And that's just... You know, like... I, and, and albeit good experience and so like for me fundamentally and we're back okay brought to you by high chews okay <laughs> oh my god not- you guys get sponsored by high chews you should I- totally I will take all oh my we will god. take every you- do you want one have you tried it Will you no want to thanks. be sponsored by yes? <laughs> I'll take the no all, thanks guy cannot be sponsored, ads. obviously. Oh, I yeah. I just, um, you know, you, I don't, ask, you, know you don't need to like. Wait, can I throw a question at you? You sure. could just text us. It's, you don't need a wait list. It's, oh, it's fine. fine. Yeah, also, yeah. What happened? Um, oh, you need another. I don't know where she's going. Kind of my 
Um, it's day one. Inventory was yesterday, so we're I, good. I was just thinking. Oh, I've been thinking a lot lately about how Miami, as building a city, has had all of these different epocas. Let's say. Okay. And, no, epoca is a good word. I love is, that word. I love that. I love because that. Because you know the sixties, and you know what yeah. was the fifties, sixties, eighties, and then I should have been born in like the fifties. I truly believe. I, I wish I had been as well. But yeah, so we've seen a city that's fairly young and new be built in all of these very impactful ways in different decades, essentially, in Miami. And Drug money, people, immigration, exactly. retirement. There's so many communism. like phases of communism. Yeah. Yeah. And that has formed a city. And I can't help but think now when most of like our numbers on reservations and everything else are 917, 212 that in a few years or 20 years from now, we are going to look at what COVID did to South Florida and brought as a influx of people and transformation and demand essentially for what kind of food and what is happening down here. That Miami is taking a trajectory really quickly in a yeah. direction that we won't actually understand for a second. Well, but I think that I think it's happening. A, like it, right. you, you know, like what's yeah. We I, all look, see I, it I, I look at the books every day. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I think um, it's an interesting perspective, right? Because I actually had a. It's text. still a young city. No, it's still I mean we're only 60, 60 years yeah. old. Is the way that I tell people like. When people ask me about food culture in other cities, like New York, Chicago, even the West Coast has been around double, triple the amount of time that Miami's been around. Maybe more. I think, and I, I had this conversation with someone today through text that's a note that wrote a thing that, like, matters. And it's like, <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's more like, are these... <laughs> It, that's a, no one listens to this, so it's no, fine. It's, no, it was really just yeah. It was good. We all right? know who you're talking about. Now. No, no one knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> no, but it's are these just New York transplants trying to feel at home? And that's fine if that's what you're trying to do, and you want to be on that wait list. That's totally cool. What matters to me is Ariette. To me, is supposed to be an experience you can only have in Miami. That's what I wanted, and that's what we have. You can only have this here. I like the food, the dynamic, the music, the thing. It's not supposed to exist anywhere else. So when people have come to me and say like, hey, we should open up an area and X doesn't exist. In my mind, at least. No, we're, we're one million percent with you. The joke's always boya dos, but it's a joke because, no, there's this one and that's what it is supposed to it's be. It's supposed to be. That's yeah. why we planned it and executed it the way we did and it was intentionally what it is. It's supposed right. to be 27 seats. You're supposed to not be able to get a reservation. That's right. what it is. <laughs> and you can't. There's a wait list uh, 3,000 people uh. long. Which that's I'll, Carbone. No, that's not us. No, it's no. Carbone is two thousand. You guys is three thousand uh, people long, and that's you know that's like the whole yeah. thing. But I you know how they say every pot has a lid. I think the same for restaurants. You know, at the end of the day, there's going to be people, people that want to go eat at Co- and go eat at Carbone, and also or not want to eat at Aria and Boyd and whatever else. And yeah. 
there's enough there, right now, especially. There's definitely enough think, people to eat places. There's just not enough yeah. line cooks to work there. Yeah. <laughs> what is that's a gonna, line that's cook? Gonna that's gonna happen. What is a that's line gonna cook? That's gonna come to a T at some point soon. What do you think? Just the, the whole line cook shortage thing. I mean, well, there, so there for, are no line cooks. Firstly, no this, line the cooks. whole the whole everyone is a chef. The whole Carbone, uh, <laughs> major food group. Oh, who else? Uchi, all these guys. They're coming Grubman. Up. Oh, no, Grub- you can say it. Alta Maria. Is different. Oh my gosh. Why is that different? Why is that different? They're playing a. They're they're paying schmucks twenty plus bucks an hour. No, it's different. Well, I what I was. My thesis is that this is like. I love that this it's is your the, thesis. This is like the. Love that. This is the restaurant version of of real estate in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, where everybody lost their house, everybody lost their condo, everybody lost their mortgage, and all these. Fucking giant companies from New York came down and bought up all the shit. Okay. And that's what they're waiting for again. They're, that's what they do. These companies just wait for a dip and they buy up property, property, property. Sure. This is just like a small scale version and one that we can understand because it's about restaurant spaces where we understand the business side of it. Sure. And we understand what a lease and how you can fit that into a business model. So now it's, you know, it's no... To an extent, I do feel bad for these guys. Like, they are losing... Like, they're losing tons of money in New York because they can't survive. Everybody in New York. So so the ones with the resources, like, 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 you know... In in no way am I saying what's happening in the rest of the world is fine. No, no, of course not. Of course not. No, but but in the restaurant industry here, there's a reason that all the recent openings are... These guys, these guys that are coming to town, because they're the ones with the resources, they're the ones with the money, no, but it, but, and they can afford it. Okay, but I, even, even and and they have a desire uh, to, I, to. I agree with you, but I don't because I know what the landlord side looks like, right? Okay, so yeah. the landlord side, the real estate side is they're gonna throw a bunch of fucking ti to you. Saying like I'll do whatever the fuck I mean. Ti is tenant improvement. Tenant That's just sorry improvement guys. Improvement money. Just, so people jump should in there know sure if you're out there <laughs> negotiating for tenant improvement money, it should be two twenty five a foot. <laughs> don't don't accept any less. But what I'm saying is is that they're gonna throw all the Ti right. up against a big name. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Well, and that's I'd what we're ra- fighting I'm against. A- that's what we're fighting against. Is that is that Miami used to be the big names on the on uh, on in the hotels on the beaches. Yeah. yeah. And now. Like we're not big names. Like I said, we have twenty seven seeds. You're well. Get the fuck you. You rising are, star twenty twenty one. Yeah, okay, no. James Beard nominated twenty twenty. <laughs> even though we just got it in the mail, twenty twenty. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah, but but that's the the internationally recognized big names. You know, but Carbone's in what Singapore, Vegas, New York. I know Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Um. Now they're here. And now they're. And here. I cannot wait to eat there, here either. I, I won't be dining. There. Okay, and that's just me. No, never. What? Really? I don't know. They're homies. They're homies. We love those but that's guys. Good. We and love that, those and guys. That, and that's fine. And I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, make you believe my impression. What I'm saying is, I'd much rather spend my money at Boyade, Stanzione, Machiolina, and other places. That's just, the way I, I, I think it. about. I see it because one, one, one million percent understand that. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's personal. Like they're homies, and I, I get it. And yeah. that's and I'm, I appreciate I'm not... everything I learned and got. And yeah, Mario sent me to Italy. Like I will yeah, that's good. I mean, things. no matter how they show up in that design district magazine, they are good guys. <laughs> this thing is major. <laughs> what does that even mean? I'm so confused. What is that? I just like you know. It's also like if you look at design district as a whole, 
and I know we're talking about South Fifth, but they're going to go to, to the Design yeah. District too. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Um, it was created, right? It's like oh, the yeah. Design District was put together like a puzzle piece by one person, which I won't name. But one yeah. one person yeah. backed by a four letter corporation, which we won't name. <clears throat> I mean, you can name Craig Robbins. You can name all the things. And you can LVMH. Do whatever you want. We can do it. We could do it. But at the same time, it's like you're putting together a puzzle piece. And to me, life, essentially, food is not a puzzle piece. Like it is a beautiful organic thing that happens. And when you insert the financial aspect of it, it just becomes foggy yeah it's not that beautiful thing that you know because i know it the way that i know it you know what i'm saying it's a it's a foggy shady mess to me yeah. you know and then food doesn't matter yeah it's man even it's though tough. food like, even though food created the de- the design district whether people like michael's genuine or not however you feel about it without michael's genuine the design district does not exist period does not happen it probably just takes an extra six years Maybe more. Maybe a decade. <laughs> like Tom Ford's not happening with a bunch of people eating down the street spending $85 per person at lunch. This doesn't happen. So it's just, you know, these are my feelings. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> it does get foggy. I'm not going to – no, I'm not going to – there's no two ways about it. And we're, we're uh, closer – to that transition from the romantic ideal, which is what you feel through your 20s that we none of us remember, uh, uh, to being the business owner. And once you are the business owner, it becomes more so, you know, we talk about R&D every day. Yeah. When we, like, we haven't come up with a new dish in, like, two weeks because we just don't have time to just, like, oh, I'm just going to fucking pinch at this, t- dollop of that, stir yeah. it around three times, little high heat, low heat, let's go for it. There's no time for that. Yeah. Because you need to make sure the business is, like, still going. Oh, no. And that people get paid and bills get paid and vendors are, like, on time and not on top of you. It's like Things break and people get injured. They don't show up. You work the line. You do whatever. It's just, like, every Do your people hurt themselves as much as our people hurt themselves? My people can run into walls every day. Our guy had two bicycle accidents in the same week. And I have no fucking idea. The other how one's got that. a burn on his hand. The other one, the whatever. It was just like, oh my god! Like, we planned this podcast a month ago, and today we're like, are we gonna be able to go? <laughs> god, thank you so. This is why are we gonna I'm make it you guys there? all the shots I could possibly give you. <laughs> we worked all day for the record. Luchi will take like, all. I know, of them. I know. I, 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 it might be soon time for the next. <laughs> what? I love that. We're. I love it. Soon time. No. What? What? You know what's interesting though. You say, "Man, we haven't come up with a dish in two weeks." There's places that haven't changed their menu in a decade. Yeah. He brings that up sometimes. He's like, "And they're still crushing it. Should we just stick with?" The well, classic? you know, and you know, it's, <laughs> I do bring that up, but I also know that's not why we're doing what we're doing. And no, that's, it's true. The fun is in the rest of it. You know, it's like right. when someone comes in and they are oh, what's this thing? Or I haven't had this. And we have a lot of regulars. And especially after fucking COVID, regulars is honestly our, like, number one person priority of everything that we love because they've been the people that showed up no matter what when we were figuring everything else out and supported. They are the most important. Exactly. So yeah. it's like when, whenever we do put something else new on, all the regulars are the people that I'm like, what do you think? 
Like, what do you enjoy about this? And they all give really honest feedback. I've gotten really used to it that they all know and I'm going to ask them. And it's super helpful. I'm right. like, you guys eat everything that we make. So you know. Like, you can tell us when it's, like, not my favorite. Or, like, crush it. Or, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you thinking? Or whatever it is. I love the what the fucks. Because it makes complete sense in my brain. <laughs> but for people, it's just like, nah, I don't. No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't totally understand what happened here. Yeah. I promise it tasted better in my in my in, in my, my brain. head. Yeah. In my head, it, it like, tasted amazing. It tasted and it really good. Happen. Maybe I just no. Yeah. You I just th- don't get it, bro. You don't I get think it. that also evolution-wise, there's a time that it's like I yearn for like structure in my kitchens, so I know everything that's happening, even when I'm not totally there all the time which is the hardest thing for me that I've had to like live with you know like coming up with a, a new dish like I remember we used to change like five dishes on a Saturday like I would never allow that now ever 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 in a million years because I'm not working brunch and then working at the dinner and then prepping the di- like the dish during brunch and then like it's just yeah, it's such an interesting change. Like when you start to move from that one dynamic to the next. Like boy day could be the sum of one, but if you guys ever move to like a number two or number three or whatever, it's vastly different. We talk about growth and like, no, I think about you. You have ever. all these other things. It'll never be boy day. It's two. very hard. Never, never. No, ever. It won't you ever should be. never allow it. To and be. No. people want to like take over next door and make it boy day. You know, two times bigger, and we're like, no, then it's, it's still like, it's still losing it. We might You're take next door, it. but it's not gonna be that. Like it'll be something else. Yeah, but um, if, you, if this you, is unconfirmed <laughs> and not uh, substantiated by any truth or uh, <laughs> nobody, just shut up. Sorry. Don't speak no. to our landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Landlords, they're my favorite. But we have a good one, luckily. We yeah. have one that doesn't care and he lets us do whatever we want. It was really funny though because he. Of course he would. No, but he didn't. Look at what he has no, there. No, no. So He's he, lucky. He didn't have any idea at all, at all, for months, <laughs> almost all of this. He literally, when we were open, indoor and successful, never came in, never saw all the changes we made to the space, never anything. And only recently, in the last maybe I would say month and a half. Yeah, yeah. When we are only open like right now, for, we're only doing outdoor dining out. right now. We're only open outside. Came in for the first and only time he has ever been there. And immediately afterwards, was like, send me an email about what you want to do. <laughs> huh? The Zamboni's back! Zamboni! This is like a, a tradition here on Panko Podcast, the street Zamboni. Welcome back, sir! We love to have you. But what's the ice skating movie when he's a hockey star and blah 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 oh cutting God. edge the cutting edge come on what's the cutting edge the cutting well, edge. how does this relate to anything the except the Zamboni oh the Zamboni That's I'm thinking more Mighty Mil- Ducks but it's fine yeah but no one's seen the cutting edge alright welcome back to Podcom Podcast brought to you by the cutting edge 1993 <laughs> uh, classic film we were all nine is this how are we reviewing the how did this get made because cutting edge would be a wonderful addition to that podcast I would like to participate <laughs> You know uh, that podcast? That's like the one of podcast I, I listen to. We don't... We Con do not, Air, we listen to that Driving Cross Country to move here. The Con, Con Air, you're talking about Nic- Nicholas Cage? Oh, oh, Cage it's a great movie. Great movie! Great movie! But the, that HTTGM podcast was... Well, that one was like one of the originals. Oh, like, so good. Just, I'll see whatever the new episode is. 
Yeah, we we don't we don't uh, recommend any other podca- podcast. Yeah. Panko podcast is the only podcast that exists. Except for how did this get made? The Samboni <laughs> edition. Samboni <laughs> edition. Jesus. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even remember where we're at. This uh, another we're not even chefs. <laughs> yeah, we're the chef people here. All right. So, anyways. I've already unpacked all the problems I have with Major Food Group, and I'm sorry. I know you like them. I apologize. Um, we are in an interesting place because we are the only major market right now in the country that is open. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So can you blame them for being here? Yeah. I, well, no, but I, I can blame them for what well, they do here. You can't blame their rationale, but you can blame them for being here in general. No, I, I can blame them for what they do when they're here. No, that that that's more valid. Yeah. It, it's just, like let's just talk about someone else. But we're not talking. <laughs> no one's talking shit. None of us have eaten there, so we can't talk shit. You know. I, I know. It's just, I feel personal. I, like, no, it's, yeah. and, it's to, and it's totally fine. I'm I'm intrigued to see how the future unfolds. That's I I'm am saying. with you on that. I'm also intrigued to see how the future right. unfolds. Next that's, next week, Lucci and I are going to go to Car- Carbone. Oh, good. And we're going to come here after and jump the fence and get in the pocket. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I I totally welcome that. Tell me that you had a great time, but that, then and tell you're me fucking in, wrong. And then tell me in six months that they support you as hard as they've been supported. By the they community. they have been supportive of us, but before they opened, haven't seen them recently. They're honest. working their asses off opening. I know, know, I know. But yes, but I do also, have, I do have a thing with everybody that's coming down here. Tell me your thing. I love no, my thing. Okay, my thing, and and it has nothing to do with with them actually being here because, okay. you know, everyone can run their business however the fuck they want, and like, if they're successful, they're successful, and you, you know, <laughs> if they are, then it maybe it just comes off as jealousy. But for all these guys, I am curious what's going to happen in four or six months. Oh, when it's real hot outside. When it's real hot outside. When New York, when like there's a vaccine, yeah. shit starts reopening in New York, sure. inside, because we saw the photo of the opening team at Carbone, which she said it was 90% New York. Like oh, yeah. the team that I, she I knows them. A lot of the people in that and and, and that makes they're sense not, why the food is good. They didn't say, I, you have to permanently I, move I, to I Miami. Love them. I know them. Yeah. Same, we went to Uchi and we had a great time. The food was delicious. I haven't been there yet. Um, but like our server was fantastic, but she's from Denver, from the Uchi in Denver. She's going to have to go back to Denver. Like, these people don't move permanently. Right. What happens to these restaurants when these people, when all these guys move back? And then they're left you know, and, and then, the, yeah, and they, are, they, they have four months to train a team from Miami to, like, do the shit that they do in New York. That's a very, it's, very valid point. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens then. Yeah. Like, Upland didn't close because of COVID. That was just a really, really good excuse. Why, why did Upland close? He does I loved Upland. I no, loved I Upland. Like I, I mean, we hadn't gone for a long time, to be honest. We went every time. We had a pretty like we had a very good time. We had a very I mean, good time. We had hit or miss food once in a while, but generally, generally, I would it would skewed very good. I'm the you same. know Justin is an incredibly talented chef. He's not. He I would dare to say he's no longer affiliated with the group. I also that too. That's probably what happened there. But you know, at some point. Just the evolution of things, and and like you end up with the, the a new t- the next team, right? The next iteration of the restaurant, right? 
and everybody that's coming down now is going to have to deal with that next iteration. I just, I'm yeah, totally off where, subject, but, but like, I think Justin Smiley is probably one of the best chefs in the country. Oh, yes. That's the way I... He's one of the funniest, oh, man. most stoned men I've ever met in my ever. life. <laughs> but <laughs> he is, even when he's like three fucking blunts in, yeah. he's just so fucking smart. Yeah. He's and, so smart, and he's so quick, and he's so... Like you could tell, like just working but with him. But El Buco Alimentari was like his the best Justin Smiley that was provided to the world, you know. And then yeah, you know, like things got with the Upland and then yeah. Upland Miami or whatever. So and Steven Starr is one of the best operators out there, and yet yeah. they could not sustain this place. They they've closed three locations in Miami. But that's where the where we seem like the all the Miami underdogs is not true. Yeah. So is like it like we. And when I say we, I mean you, us, other local Miami restaurants have really a true upper hand in that locals here do support local. And 100%. we have built regulars that are always going to come back to our restaurants. And when all these people are here, long said, maybe not anymore or gone or not as relevant. Sure. There is a endurance that a local restaurant possesses and a charm and a we had someone come in recently that's like a big deal and whatever else and we also know them personally no like it's a big deal no like they they have companies and they do all the thing and whatever okay it doesn't matter who we're talking about who are you talking about? When we spoke about, we I spoke about? with them and talked oh, about I know restaurants who, I know in we're Miami. About. This guy's awesome. I love this They guy. said basically like when we're in New York, we dine here and here. When we're in LA, we dine here and here. But when we're in Miami, we dine at Boya Day. Yeah. You know? And it was like as much as there are New York and LA transplants, etc. Like when we come down here, we're going to eat at the restaurants that are from here. Sure. And support that. And that, at the end of the day, I think is, like, why people are so excited about it and why it's still getting recognition and, like, all of us. Like, we're yeah, growing I mean, something. You know, uh, I had a conversation with my director of operations the other day about area specifically because I would say 50% of the area codes that are on our book every night are not from here. And it's an interesting time because... For me, every guest is an opportunity to get them back. So you need to nail that first time for them to come back. So even if they leave, when they come back, I want them to come back. You know, we have been completely sustained. And the reason why we're completely open today, five years down the road, is because Miami supported us, right? In the bigger picture of, like, why does Miami get in Miami's way is more like the smoke and mirrors concepts the smoke and mirrors things is there fundamental and like substance behind concepts food things people Boy, you're talking they, like Barton G smoke and mirrors kind of thing there's so no? many names I would like to name but since we're not going to go down but, that road but we also gonna go gonna that's throw, like literal smoke we gotta yeah. throw diners in there too yeah that's not like, what do you mean like there's smoke and mirrors concepts, but there's also diners that very much feed into yeah, yeah. the distraction the from actual substance. And Yeah, but that's what I mean by, by Miami getting in Miami's way. You know, like, it doesn't matter how many times you've been on the top of, like, the Eater's Top 10, whatever. 
napkin folds or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's like if you are, if you actually understand. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I would really like to make that list. <laughs> like, I, I would love to go. I would love to do that list too. Yeah. I actually once wanted to do a top ten list of top ten best uh, four way stop signs in Miami and see if we could find that. But this is based on what exactly? Nothing. Totally accidents. whatever the fuck okay. I wanted. It's not, it's not like or a red, whatever, it's not like a, Or whatever like, community like paid me the most to say that their stop, their four-way stop was the best. Different. Yeah, we call this the ball tickler. Yeah, it's the ball tickler. Yeah. The, the, it's the, Nick's ball tickler. It looks like a tarantula. <laughs> oh, the, bo- the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah no, no. I mean all of it. It's the ball. <laughs> it's the ball. Yeah, these guys focus on the top. <laughs> <laughs> It could still be a tarantula and a ball tickler. It could. Why not both? Why not, why not both? I love yeah. it. It, soon, it could just crawl on over there and soon, take care of business. Who says you can't yeah. have it all? Soon this podcast will be featured on Star Chefs with three rising Star Chefs <laughs> of Miami. Talking tarantulas and ball star ticklers. Only. Yeah. Brought to you That's by only the fans. Pleasure Chest. Not star yes, fans. It's only fans. I'll make sure to isolate this clip and send it straight to them. That's right. Yeah. Send it to Will yeah. directly. It's just going to take us right out of whatever the gala is. You're just going to play it at the gala. Yeah. Like, your mentors didn't come, so we're just going to play this for you. Norman. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is he coming? I mean, I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> I'm just like... I was like, mine aren't here. Should I... Yeah, uh, it's a weird time. Yeah, it's, yeah. things are weird. And, and mentor is like a really old school kind of concept, isn't it? Should we have a shot in their name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Alex is going to go lay down <laughs> in the street right now as we take another Run shot. me over. No, but is mentor a, a passe name? No, it's not. It's not. No. It, there's... The, no. It's come a long way. Where you used to work for the same person for... For five years, you know, I, I mean, I worked for John and Vinny for three years. So if I had a mentor, it was them. Right. I worked for Daniel Hume for three years, but he wasn't my mentor because I didn't really see him that often. What? Yeah, believe it or not. And Sorry. but then the the, lo- the guys running it on the day to day, Abram Bissell in New York, it's at Nomad or Chris Flint for all his uh, intensity was <laughs> also colorfulness. Ah. <laughs> I like oh, that word. Fuck. <laughs> Another Florida man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he a Florida guy? He is. Oh, yeah. 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 All where? he did to me was talk shit about LA, and now he's in LA. Like, I love that. It's kind of like when the shit. Oh, man. Let's not get me going. No, no yeah. I, no. You know, let's keep it local. You know let's keep it local. No, guys. let's keep it low key. Let's, you know, the people that leave to LA to we come back to key, talk shit about here, even though it's great. Anyways. No, I've heard people say that LA is like Miami without the flavor, you know, like the papasi inside. <laughs> I I'll tell you that. Some I don't agree with that necessarily. I don't. I don't. Is this I turning don't. into? A- I don't. No, 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 I, no, no. I I have no, to no, say, no, we're trying to stay together, guys. I, no, 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 I've had good. some of the best meals of my life have been in LA. I was so surprised when I moved there. I couldn't understand the dining culture after having lived, worked in New York for so long because uh-huh. it's so different. It's so different what people put emphasis on and priority on recognition etc and then after just giving it a chance and just eating mm. wow like, emphasis not on service basically is what okay fine yeah. service not the best <laughs> new york service is a million times better than miami and la let's be honest you're good i'm good i'm good all right yeah no i got it um got it. no in that sense miami yeah we never can we get a 
a fourth over there. Yeah, what's going on here? He's t- totally fine. Oh, he's got to make sure he keeps this thing under control. What thing? Yeah, he's got just his phone. He's just texting over there. I don't I know, understand. He's, he's like, like he's looking on the energy it's like he doesn't give a shit about anything shit. that's going it's on over like here. Beep, beep. He's like using his silver zapper oh, to look for gold right. or something. Silver all, zapper? That's the yeah. ball tickler. All, all he's Come doing on. is talking into his ball tickler and judging us the whole time. No, and, I'm just judging one person at this Which is me, right? Yeah, it makes sense. I um, Where were we? See? Um, <laughs> there was the ball tickler. And then <laughs> <laughs> we, we mentioned OnlyFans uh, only one time today. It's crazy. Is that the first time on the podcast as well as the shots? OnlyFans? No, I mean, his Wait, dog has we... an OnlyFans. No, we've, it's we've the been most talking. lucrative thing. I thought your ball tickler had an OnlyFans. No, <laughs> ball tickler with Petey yeah. has an OnlyFans. It is the most lucrative thing on this podcast. That's true. Yeah. Makes sense. No, we, yeah. we, we do need but to make it. you guys can only hear That's him. That's Petey's ball tickler. He has to get it dry cleaned every time so, before the show. Every like, time. Like, I don't yeah. know. Every time. Petey is a real star here. I'm mm. actually L- shocked. Lucci is not feeling good about this ball tickler situation. No. 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 All right. We're professionals here, guys. We're rising goddamn stars. We are rising stars. So isn't it weird getting some of these recognitions, especially like you were saying, like the James Beard a year late or whatever else that you're feeling, but also because it was all like... A few days before your entire world just got uh, oh man crumbled exploded. to shit. Yeah. Oh my god! You know, I was like, oh, I, I was so quick. Oh, should any of this even matter anymore did, at but all? It did, but it lives? didn't. But it didn't. Like, and that and I think no? that's like the realization to me. So, I'll unpack the whole like event. I'll I'll give you the long and the short. So. Obviously, that's not his ball tickler, so. oh my no, god! Not, <laughs> we're not talking sexual, guys. God, this that's is it, getting. The last one. You were the, the one just turn us away from them. Wow. Last this one. Is, last this one. is <laughs> also the most sexual podcast that we've ever had, and we've talked porn stars. With the exception, with the exception of the Patreon only section where Carolina Quijano was talking about her penis-shaped chocolates. True. That's true. She's amazing. The I don't chocolates. know if I've had her chocolates before, but they're amazing. Not the penis-shaped ones, but all the other ones are great. Uh, you're not comfortable with the penis-shaped chocolate? I mean, it's not what I preferred. <laughs> you know, like I went for the Reese's Cups and the Twix. I didn't go for the penis-shaped chocolates. But now that we're segueing. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. What, what's the segue? Let's do <laughs> so, Speaking of penis-shaped chocolates. The was awkward. <laughs> well, I, so wait, okay, we're gonna reel it back. Okay. Well, that's real right, back. Right, that's right, real right. back. What was it we were Speaking talking about? Speaking of penis-shaped chocolates, COVID. Gosh. We're talking okay. about penis-shaped <laughs> chocolates, James Beard Awards. So, what that happened in March, right? Yeah, no, it was. Yes. Was it? It was March. It was yes. like March. So we're here. So we're right here. in the middle of March. So we're here and like later. One week later, we were. Everyone was like shut down. So I remember. So uh, March happened. You know this thing. You work forever, even just to be nominated. It's like a thing. I was very proud. The whole thing it was very nice and then like the trickle of like this weird virus that no one yeah. really knew and then literally within 14 days it didn't fucking matter it didn't it didn't matter and yet they still announced the finalists and, and yeah <laughs> right so we had sandwich shops and all kinds of like puerto rican restaurants that weren't even opened and all kinds of things that made it to the finals list but what, like, yeah, but, we, were, we were sitting at home listening to the finals list announcement. On any other day, we would have been at the restaurant busting ass, making shit happen. So it was just such a disconnect between reality and what the James Beard Award was. The other and day. also, I think, just between what success actually is and survival and both, like, 
Which is what? The you fact know? that you're wearing gloves to deliver these drinks, I'm oh, wow. concerned. I'm the <laughs> She's like, just making sure there's no vomit to pick <laughs> up over here. This has actually been a very clean podcast. The, co- the the verbally tr- or the, yeah, I was like the beer is for me. Oh, I'm switching over. Oh, my I know you was want... four today. What did I hit? I guess. Well, I mean, you hit three, but then you have an extra one, so it's, oh. it made me nervous. Plus two shots. <clears throat> You're the best. The best. The best. Wrap it up for Emma. In the weekly Emma segment, thank you so much for being an angel. (laughs) I just saw the halo. Yeah, I know. She she definitely doesn't have an halo. That's for sure. That's without a doubt. So I was I had a conversation with someone the other day. We're just gonna go straight into these. You wanna Uh, just go you wanna take away? I wanna hear about the conversation first. Oh actually the conversation is a good warm up. Because I think it it shows a lot of what I've learned in my life. And albeit like I Let's unpack the whole conversation. Someone comes to me, says they're very frustrated with their like career and the things, and it's like, you know, I, I've worked so hard and I I've done so much and I think I do such good work and blah blah. We're in my office. It was like, you know, I think maybe like if one day I get nominated for a beard award and like maybe I'll feel better. So I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. And. Uh, they go on and they're talking more and I said, I said, you, the beard award, right? I said, hold on. So I go to my bookshelf and it's like, I have a bunch of books and I said, just give me one second. So there's like a weird paper in between the thing and I pull the paper out and I said, do you want this piece of cardstock to validate? I mean, it's pretty heavy duty. Do you, it's to validate heavy. the years and the work that you do? Have you felt it? No, but it looks it's, heavy. It's, it's heavy. Mean, you do, do, you, do you want the cardstock to validate the work that we do? Because it's not it is not what validates what we do. No. There's so much more that validates what we do. It is more no. internal. This is what they give you. And it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful. But this is not going to make you feel better at the end of the day. I know because I've unpacked these emotions in my brain. Yeah. So I think that gave that person perspective. Yeah. It feels good, though. It's, it's like it a, feels it's, great. It's a... It's, Especially when you don't go all the way with it, you know? Like, I think winning could be probably detrimental to, like, I've done it, I'm done, I'm over. I don't know. Like, getting the nomination was fantastic and and, and nice, but it wasn't why we do it. I think that's what it is. It's not why we do it. And so getting it was just, like, someone saying, you do what you want to do and you do it well. Sure. But... But for us, like, we never, we didn't open the restaurant to be like, we're going to be James Beard XYZ. No, but I think it is important to dream and have goals. Sure. And, yeah. like, there was a moment, not definitely in the beginning, but later on, where we had a meeting with our staff and shared that we had certain ambitions yeah. that, frankly, were almost embarrassing to share because... Why? No, because for the size restaurant we run and for what we were doing and how we opened and everything, like, that has really been a very personal, like, fucking struggle every step of the way and, like, sacrifice from us one million percent. 
was like, we have dreams of certain sure. things, but you guys might all look at this as like this tiny, half-assed, built by the fucking owner's restaurant that why the fuck would you think that you guys could achieve a certain level or recognition? Like for us, it was almost like something secretly we think and strived for and never wanted to talk about. And then at one point said, you know, we love our team and they've built this with us and yeah. we wanted to have a team photo shoot. And we had a whole meeting and talked about all of the embarrassing ambitions that we personally had. Not because we thought we deserved any of them, but more so because if, like, why are we doing it for, you know, like people like us, if you're going to build something local, if you're going to do something you've always wanted to do, the restaurant and your vision, it's you're going to be your place. Why are you doing it? So that people can think that this very unique, not corporate, everything else vision and menu and style and personability or whatever it is, right. is like <clears throat> awesome. And you might think it, but hearing your team and then later random ass judges that may have shown up at this small ass place or whatever yeah. the fuck it was thought or agreed on or whatever it built is like frankly kind of gratifying when we got that thing i remember it was just like yeah it's not like about the award itself it's but it's indicative that the work we put in and, and like we the, wanted, and the effort we wanted like, to was, shoot big but was, i i think that but that that happened the team everyone was just it was crazy for us and just it didn't matter about the rest. We never thought we'd fucking win at all. It was just like getting a fucking nomination was everything and amazing. And we just wanted to have big dreams about being able to be not a big Miami showy restaurant with a million seats. Like our boat. Normal, no, <laughs> the, nor the normal formula. The normal formula for what succeeds here. Komodo. But doing it our way for frankly just doing it our way of what we wanted to eat at yeah, and yeah. that being recognized as worthwhile and that was great because it's like we're simple fucking people we like to eat well but we're chill like we work a lot we don't have a lot of free time we like to just have a nice experience and enjoy ourselves have good food have good drink whatever it is but besides that it's like there's not enough time for all this other bullshit and yeah. most of it's uncomfortable and especially in COVID time, it's like, frankly, you know, like, no, <laughs> I know. In, in interesting times. No. Yeah. Like, but no, I, I think something I learned in like my adult life, which has been very short because I haven't been an adult for much adults? more than Is like that? 18 months, but like, you know, and this sounds very hippie. I'm scared to say it. You have a goatee and a ponytail, so I'm going to say mean? that hippie should be right up your alley. <laughs> oh, that's, that is we've, we've established on this podcast that what he has is a Miami mullet. <laughs> that's accurate. Oh, that's boy. accurate. Oh, we'll take this so I can say the story. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We'll do it all together. What you want in life. You project out into the world, and hopefully that it will come back, right? So, I forever wanted to be nominated for a beard. Whether it dictated, I thought, the worth of my work, or the worth of who I was. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. 
It wasn't going to dictate that. Would I be very happy for it? Yes. So I would say when I didn't get nominated the last round, it was actually the day I was putting on a complete vegetable dinner, which is very counterintuitive to the way that I cook. So I remember like sitting in the very far corner of this property and just kind of like being very angry and maybe shedding one or two tears and being over it and moving on and crushing that dinner. We crushed that dinner. It was beautiful. It was great. It was in like a nice outside area, whatever. Sharing with your staff what you want. We have like a weekly ops meeting and the true goal for me is to bring the first and hopefully many first Michelin stars to the city. That is what I want to represent as a whole. And in every ops meeting, I ask a different manager, do you know what the guideline for this Michelin star thing is? Do you know what the guideline for this Michelin star thing is? Because I think sharing that with the people around you that are completely impactful of what we're doing is very important. We shouldn't be ashamed of what we see as goals. We provide uh, things for people of a home, a livelihood, a, a thing for them to express themselves. You should never be ashamed in that thing. Bye, Danny. I know I, I told you I had to see you. I forgot. You work tomorrow? <laughs> okay, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, love you. <sighs> no, it's super valid. Super valid because the, the way it came up with us was just refocusing the team. The meeting happened in December, end of December 2019. No. No, 2019. After we opened, and we were getting some traction. We were getting some traction. Pre okay, to November twenty whatever. Okay. November twenty nineteen. We were getting some traction. Maybe we we opened in July and maybe we had done well enough that when busy season came we actually got busier with it, you know. We were going with the market there. And we had some VIPs had come in, some recognition here and there. And we're like, you know what? Like we've done something We've done the, like, we planted the seed of something. And it wasn't, here's what's happening, here's the awards, here's the criteria we want to win. It was, here are the awards, here's the criteria, here's something that we should all live up to because that's what makes a good restaurant. Sure. That's how we, I think that's how we framed it at first. Uh, and we continued to, as meetings kept happening, uh, pre-meals with the staff, and like, we don't have ops meetings because we don't have ops people. <laughs> but uh, we're so small. we, you know, we're we have. It, it will happen one day. One day my, will happen. But right now, Trust me. right now we don't. Right then and now we don't. And so it was us directly to the rest of the staff. Sure. And it was helpful to have that, you know, the horse and carrot kind of idea. It was helpful to have that carrot of being like, here's a tangible, very specific goal. And here's how to get there. And it's not the goal itself, but it is that whole dumb idea, the trope of, like, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Well, in this example... It's, it's not dumb. That's not dumb. It's, it's Keller. It's, okay. Keller nailed that. Like, it's about the journey. It's, it's not about the destination. 
but yeah, the destination was some award. And as we're saying, like it was never about the award. It's about what does that mean for your restaurant? Not, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean your restaurant has been and what, what it will become to garner that? Because that means you have a good restaurant. That means you have a successful restaurant. And that, you know, that was our always, always our focus. Question. Yes, what, the one in the back with hat. Go question. Yes. Okay. What dictates the Miami a, mullet? Yeah. Relax <laughs> with that. That's tough. <laughs> I don't like that statement. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. Actually, fun fact, and I'll interject here before I ask the question. My one of my sous chefs, which is amazing. Her name is Sherry. She's incredible. She has dreadlocks. I have four dreadlocks. She insisted. I have four. She insisted on putting seashells on two of my dreadlocks. Yeah. Are we okay with this? Does this are, fit? Are they there? They are there. Sherry's okay with it. I'm okay with it. But. Yeah, they're in here somewhere. They're in I, here. See, I, I see. I see some. You see some? Can I bring you some seashells? <laughs> <laughs> I collect them. They might be in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I we'll, think we'll look later. <laughs> does does success to the restaurant equal financial success? No. Okay. <laughs> it's all hand in hand. What all right, it, no, here's what I'll what, say. What, 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 it's if, all hand in hand. No, if, if people are happy with... Look, if people are happy... Like, if we serve four people a night and they're all fucking stoked... And they're like, I can die happy now, but I'm like losing money every night because of it. That's not a successful restaurant. What's the lowest amount of covers you've done in a night? (laughs) Since when? (laughs) No, since the beginning. Since the beginning? Like 30? No, it's no, 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 that's not true. It's hard to judge because. No, I I, I can tell you the lowest amount of covers we've done in a night. It's hard to judge because then there's what we see on the book and we have a pretty regular reservation book but there was in covid time reopening time everything else where we saw lows there's bathrooms everywhere we saw lows on reservation slash cover no no go to an actual bathroom get out of here new york get out yeah no he's probably right somewhere around 30 but there is like in terms of reservations and seeing those lows and what the book was no, there was points in all of this where it was like, I, in reopen something like twelve reservations on the book. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't even see that when we first opened the restaurant. We were like an unknown anything. So right, right. that doesn't mean that's what we did in terms of covers, but it was a very strange transition, especially in a moment where now, you know, like we see our we have a limited number of tables, so it's not like a brag to say we're booked. It's just like we don't have a lot of seats. Um, but it doesn't exist now, that space. And then it was like, oh, my God, are we going to have... We couldn't even schedule, you know? Like, right, right. Like we were running our back line, our hotline with one cook, and we had never done that in the entire existence of the restaurant. And there was a point where that all started to change, and we started busy again, and everything happened. And we were like, oh, hire we more to, people. Oh, yeah, we were like, oh, we need to like change how we're scheduled and everything else. But like, it hadn't, you know, it had never been a thing where we could run it with one cook, and it was. So it, it was the a lowest. Challenge. The lowest amount of covers Ariat's ever done in a night was nine. For a Saturday brunch, which I used to work by myself, was eleven. 
and sales were very low. <laughs> and this is why I have such an issue with like the big major food people coming into like bulldoze what we do because people like you guys and what I do sacrifice so much for the thing is sacrifice that it becomes it loses the essence and this is why people ask me where do I go to eat I'll say you over the large amount of money that's stacked up in the corner a million times over one Albeit, I understand the thing. I I will always go towards, I want money to hit your pockets and my pockets over other people's pockets. <laughs> Lucy's turn. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, so we're, now I don't know where we're at anymore. No, we, okay. we're, talking about, <laughs> we're talking about like uh, in tough times, like the low cover count days, nights, whatever it may be. What that means to like, you guys have been nominated for Beard, Rising Star Chefs, same thing over here, like the whole thing. It doesn't matter like that. People think just because you have this, these awards and these accolades, that you're winning. It doesn't mean you're winning. Like, I told her the lowest cover count night ever Ariette's ever done is nine. I believe I said, and then brunch was 11 and I used to work brunch Saturdays by myself. So I remember it vividly. Yeah. I also remember the day that we did 67 and I was by myself on the line. So it was a very different experience. Um, But both pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I don't want to unhatch that. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to do, but how do you feel like you're doing 11 for brunch or nine for dinner? Sure. Is that scary? Yeah, of course. I mean, you you feel fear, but it's like people think people think because you have uh, awards and whatever and accolades that you're successful. Yeah, it, it doesn't tra- like the business model doesn't translate to dollars always. And this is what I mean. Like, do you conceptualize Boyade as something that if you're financially stable, it's successful, or it's because you guys are winning? To be successful. No, the, well, <clears throat> it just starts from the, the base. The foundation is just effort and effort and, and, and for lack of a better term, talent, I guess. And like just persistence and, you know, we, we, we're not like arrogant people. I say talent, but I don't think we're like the best chefs around. But we've we've worked in really good places, and we work really hard. We work hard, long enough, and hard enough to like make this shit work. That's the foundation. What follows are the people that come and pay for it. Uh, so the financials of it, and then if that sustains itself long enough, eventually, and you're doing it well enough, eventually, I guess the awards happen. But like maybe. But, but nobody does. Nobody's doing six covers a night and then gets six covers a night in twenty seats, even on a small place. Twenty seats. No one's doing six covers and getting James Beard awards. You know, like the James Beard awards follow the crowds a bit because there are enough educated diners in this country to like go to the good places. 
sorry, dishwasher, Aubrey. Nice, yeah. He's amazing. Just providing the soundtrack. He is. Now that Lucci's back, I'm actually going to go. Nick, you're going to have to guide the podcast. Nick, take it. No, i got to take a leak. This Why don't we all just go at the traditional same Traditional weekly. Pause it. Mike's got to take a leak. No, when you podcast exit. When you come back... This is the quietest you've been in months. This leak break is brought to you by Aquapana. No, but this is fine. Are you okay? I'm I'm very okay. Jeez. Your name's on the sandwich. He's like, I love it when you have two guests because I don't have to talk as much. Fuck. Dave! And now for parting recommendations, Dave Castro. Thank you so much, Dave. That's about to bring four or, or five. I, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. You're not what? gonna. No, 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 no. You're gonna have one. Oh, Dallas! Dallas, bro, Dallas. Not going to waste. All right, right. all right. Salud. Welcome. Thank you for your hospitality today. Yeah. Killed it. All right. Is that four? Five? That's five. Five. Five shots of Jameson here on Panko Podcast. Welcome, Luchi and Alex. So that was the first five shots. Fifth shots of yeah. fifth shots. That thump you just heard, that was my pen ass hitting the bottom of the table. <laughs> now on 1210 The Man, Tomberg's pen ass hits yeah. the bottom of the table. That's going to be our 1210 The Man promo on like every episode. <laughs> All right, let's get That's to it. <laughs> And the ball tickler is ready for our <laughs> recommendations. Let's bring them down. What a starry oh, chef tonight. Man. This is incredible. <laughs> I can't. We should totally play this during the gala. We're not allowed to take anyone to. The gala. The gala. Is it gala? Is it gala? I'm what not are you sure. wearing? I'm actually, are you going to wear the goatee and the ponytail? Absolutely. I'm actually going to get braided chef, for the gala. Chef, you need to. I need to you braid have a, my hair. Do you shout out a braider? Yeah. Cam. Uh. Braids by Cam on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I got the length. I can go for it. You, yeah. I, I actually can we no. can we get joint braided, Ooh, no. please, Alex? You come wait, on. you mean like Siamese twin braided? No, like, like I'm there, you're there. We're both getting braided together. I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's been a year. I haven't cut my hair in a year. He's actually since getting... COVID started. Why? I'm getting. Cut Let him tomorrow. get braided. My mom's coming to town next week. We need to really represent. It, guys, I've, I've been asking. My poor mother. I've been asking for a trim, for a haircut, for anything, for like the last. Where are we taking trips to? Everything years. is fucking closed, Lucci. No, 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 Where are we no, going? Trims. No, trims, no, trims, 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 trims. God, trims. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm talking about. Why do you want to get trimmed? Look at that beautiful locks. Condition. He's got beautiful locks. Then his mom's coming to town. He's like, I've got yeah. a. A close beard shave and a haircut <laughs> scheduled. I was like, what? I'm your girlfriend of eight years, and I've been asking for months, and your mom's coming to town, and now all of a sudden Mom you're getting a, a haircut? It's a different dynamic. You came oh. out of your mother. I'm sorry. It's I, just a different relationship. I, I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a different I don't think about thing. that aspect of it so much. <laughs> yeah. Just more so, uh, I want. I just want her to like he me. He just wants to please her. Uh, haircut. I mean, not. Listen. I don't think about that aspect either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man! Oh no! My God! Don't do that! Oh. Don't do that, guys! There's one too oh. many high And now we yeah. know. That, I, 
now we know he went to Columbus. Oh my God. Me? He went to Berlin. I went to Columbus. He went to Berlin. Ooh. Yeah, I went to Columbus. Come on. Exactly. That's the cooler exactly. one. That's, that's how it's supposed to be. I just want my mom to like me, guys. So every time she I comes to town, years ago. I get a haircut, I get yeah. a shave. That's, you know. You're lucky your mom lives on the West Coast, right? I haven't seen her in a year. Yeah, I mean, my mom. Sh- Which I mean, is why I haven't got a haircut in a year. She sees me every week, and it's just like, "What are you doing to yourself?" I'm like, "Sorry, mom. I got a Miami mullet. Apparently, I'm sorry. This is what happens." <laughs> mom, All right, moms hey. are weird. Moms Mom. are weird. Moms are weird. Also, a good title for this episode. What's uh, the deal with moms? Look, uh, look up at Maggie's Kitchen on oh, Instagram for all your totally black market catering needs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's, that's mom. That's, she runs a kitchen out of her house. Oh, okay, I was like, I was worried about doing that. Don't I tell was the like, cops. <laughs> I would never. I'm not an arc. Come on. Any cop that listens to this podcast is probably a customer. We have several cops that listen to this podcast. I'm sure we do. Because they don't do anything, so they just stay on the road listening to podcasts. That's it. That's fascinating. We love the cops. Our license plate is HMN E21. Please do not pull <laughs> us over. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Cops, I love, love you your all. service. Appreciate it. Tax for a reservation. oh man for context before we start doing everything that's breaking this thing down everyone is five shots deep everyone's had several drinks except for nick nick talking to you also had several drinks but but this is oh two for you is like no i'm like on three or four here Okay. But anyway. A spider monkey. What? <laughs> a spider. A spider monkey. This is good. Spider monkey tickler. Go ahead. This Nick. is. We're gonna do our, our our wind down stuff. We're gonna start with our parting recommendations. All right. First prompt of the evening. Here That's we go. right. Uh, <laughs> every, First structure we've had all day. Everybody recommends one or more things. It can be as many things as you want. I'm gonna let's let's start with Lucci. Do you need to pause you? Wait. What no, are I'm they? Just watching. Things of uh, what what nature? What are we things? watching? All right, I'm just the guy walking by. He looked very, like, disheveled. One of my favorite things as a bar right. owner is to watch the very drunk people walk by uh, and see how they could fall. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. Anyways. Yeah, we can start with, yeah. well, uh, well if, we, if you want. Lucci like looks you were like hesitant. she's ready to recommend are you, are you ready, or do you want to start with Alex? Let's go. Oh, let's, let's go. go. Let's do this. And now, welcome to the Thunderdome. Recommending all the things by Lucci. Whatever you want to recommend, as long as it's not yours. In uh, Miami. Anywhere. It could be anywhere. It could it be does, a show. It could be a book. It could be a thing randomly. Anything at all. I don't know. In the Bermuda Triangle. To give you an idea of the breadth of things that other people have done before, we've had people recommend sandwiches that are made locally. Uh, we've had Ooh. people recommend Netflix shows that they're watching. And awesome. uh, our guest, yeah, Joaquin, Joaquin Gonzalez... Uh, recommended off with mayonnaise. Yeah, recommend that yeah. if you must use a condiment for masturbation, you use mayonnaise. Yeah. So this is not like, olive oil. That's surprising. No, he, Listen, said, he said mayonnaise. Warm olive oil. Yeah, but no. have, have you warm actually, olive oil is really the ancient, ancient Italian way. The aromatics are perfect. <laughs> but actually, heat it up. All right. In your up. hands heat or in a pot. But grilled but cheese with mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. On the no, have you ever made a roast chicken with mayonnaise? Did you want to jerk off to your grilled cheese? 
<laughs> I just don't know where that it, recommendation it is going. Are in no, the warm olive oil is definitely the way to go. All right. So now this is interesting. We sparked a new debate. <laughs> so that so that's your first recommendation. No. Warm olive oil yes, for masturbation. No. Warm. Anything <laughs> else? I gotta say, Larry order. has so much to oh, do tomorrow. Man. It's gonna be amazing. Larry, you should let Larry listen Earmuff, to this first. Larry. Yeah. I would love for this to be the one that blows up. Like everybody <laughs> listens to this. No one's Chef under distress. We don't. We, we, we don't. Every PyCon podcast after is five shots minimum. <laughs> Pressure's on. People right. are training before the episodes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, recommendations. I'm just gonna think about that. How I think about Miami. Okay. And no, I think you got to think about literature. So go get a book or something at Books and Books and read. Go to the fucking gardens. Um, go eat. You don't even need to go to the best Cuban restaurant. You just need to go to a place that has fresh fried croquetas. That's number one. Tres Palmas is not bad on Biscayne. I'm living around there right now. It's not a bad place to go for just cafecito and croquetas. Um, besides that, crispy pig ears at Lil Laos uh, make my life. Um yeah, salt bagel, so El bagel, not because we're friends, but we love you. Um, and best baker. yeah, not so my best baker star. and a rising star, but really just uh, my grandma. If you want to go, recommending your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you want to go to, if you, listen, if you want to go to, if you want to go to Sunny Isles and say you're visiting 203 and wave <laughs> off her balcony, she, no, 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 you can't go up, you can't go up, you gotta wave from the, no, you wave from the balcony downstairs, but she really gets a kick out of it and she really appreciates even half attractive men. And you don't even have to be that handsome, but she will make you feel oh, like attractive? a million bucks. <laughs> you got a place. I'm attractive. Yeah. I don't know about you, but well, I mean, I, I'll take half. She'll like you. She'll like you. There like you go. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, what else would I recommend? B&M Roti. Oh, my God. You're just and... going down your whole life right now. I love it. That's good. <laughs> Jamaican <laughs> Kitchen on Sunset. The curry Maybe sauce seven. at Chicken Kitchen. Oh, oh man. High school, high school. The curry sauce at at, at fucking chicken kitchen got me through life. Alex, Cazola's on the key. No, Cazola's not on the key. Oh my god, how do I follow that? Hey, you know that That was like ranch. Fourteen different things that I gotta. Carrollton, come on, sir. Pizza with ranch. That's how you do it. It's not Cazola's. Lucci will never put ranch on her pizza. She almost broke up with me when I told her that I like barbecue chicken pizza. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, there is a lot of things wrong with that. I'm totally okay with that. It's totally fine. And that's fine. why it's you fine. should both be single. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. We just got broken up with in one statement. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> we'll hit it up tonight. It's fine. Barbecue chicken. Here we go. There's nothing wrong with barbecue chicken. She'll, she, she'll always be waiting for me, that barbecue So how chicken. do you feel about Hawaiian pizza? I feel I'm against. So wait. 
<laughs> well, hold on. So you're you're against? Oh, I'm against Hawaiian. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not. So against. You're okay with barbecue chicken pizza, uh, and you're against it, and then you're no, no, against no. Hawaiian pizza, and you're for it. Yeah. What? A, this well, is America. In a no, nutshell. but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not actively. So I'm not actively yeah. against Hawaiian. I just don't. I don't enjoy it. No, you don't enjoy it. But what, I, what I, enjoy? I do allow people. I do allow. <laughs> right. You know, we live in America where freedom reigns. Okay, guys. <laughs> And you can and put so whatever the fuck you want on a pizza. And so does its ponytail, but it's yeah. coming off tomorrow. No, you can't. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. We're wrapping. This? this is called Pan Con Podcast. It's a what? Pa- it's called Pan Con Podcast. You can find pan? us on Pan. pan. Right, like like <laughs> Pan Con. Pan Con I know you. It's like Pan Con Pinga. Oh, wow. I know, I feel you. Thanks for joining. What's up, bro? You're the best. You're you've been great. I was born in Miami though, but whatever. Yeah, I know, like all of us. It's cool. Well most of us. Most of us, yeah. Not this fucker, but yeah. (laughs) Jesus, you know? Can I get away with anything today? Midnight curfews. Bullshit. I know. This is no, bullshit. It's dreadful. I know. Do. The, police the tourists does, is right? just keeping up no. with rules. I dreadful. You're right. Rules. Right. Rules. Dreadful. Rules. Regulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we found what? our. I think we found our end here, Nick. I think this is the first time in Pancom Podcast history that not everyone's gotten their parting recommendations or their um, their <laughs> things in. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us here like on Funko Podcast. Did we make it past the intro? <laughs> is an asshole. Mayor of Miami-Dade County, fucking asshole idiot. Is he? Yeah, He's trust no, me on that one. That's, I, that's guaranteed. Yeah, Catherine Fernandez Rundle. Catherine Fernandez Rundle, the, the attorney. The, the district attorney is a fucking scumbag, incompetent, inept asshole idiot. Things are Welcome happening. to Miami. I know, man. Benvenu, Baltic Blue. I, I for one feel welcome here, guys. I, All right. Thank, thank you so much. Thank end. you for having me. Thank you so much, Alex and Lucci. After three hours, we have found I'll tweet. I'll tweet my recommendations later tonight. Sure. <laughs> was, that, <laughs> was that the worst podcast <laughs> you've ever experienced? <laughs> Thank you.